0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way
1: to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to Chapter 153 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the undercover at a Q-pilled New Age Conference in the Desert episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky,
2: Julian Field, and Travis View. This week, folks, I am very happy to unveil to you my new cross-Atlantic control technique, which involves torturing two men who might not even know me were it not for this podcast, but now are under my evil grasp. I can send them to and fro, thence and whence. Travis, were you going to protest no, no, this is this is true.
3: It's true. You're in your little European sort of control tower just <laughs> sending us on little little uh, suicide missions like we're pawns. Yeah, don't think we didn't curse you all weekend, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: uh, guess what? The boys were sent to territory that is now familiar to me because I've been exploring it on Twitch. It is the New Age q explosion that we're seeing among people who normally just do Wim Hof breathing, Kundalini yoga, and uh, testosterone-boosting ball-slapping exercises, which I'm assuming, boys, he did not subject you to. There was no no one made you slap no. your balls, right?
3: No. No, but he did say he did reference it. Okay. Yeah, he did. He, he actually mentioned how he wasn't going to do it. They also, okay. apparently, they were going to do uh, ice baths with. Uh, yes. with uh, with, with uh, uh, the certified health nut, but he wound up not doing that either.
2: Oh, don't pretend I didn't chide you on Signal telling you that you weren't much of a stoic if you didn't get in one of those ice baths. <laughs> I was going to do it. You
1: know what? To Travis's fucking credit, yeah. he absolutely had volunteered. We, we had figured out a system of how he was going to... Change out of his wire so that like he didn't have to take off his shirt and then expose that he was undercover. I mean, we had a
3: whole that's good. Yeah, yeah we pl- we planned it out how we out on Sunday I would try out the ice bath, but he wasn't able to offer it for some reason. We
1: were very very undercover at this episode. This um this was the one time I think that neither Travis or myself got made uh, by the end of the event. And uh, just so so people get a get a picture, we cut holes in the back of our shirt pockets and ran the wires up through the back of our shirt so that the labs could sit at the bottom of our like shirt pockets uh, so we could get um, you know, the best audio recording possible. I was terrified.
2: You heard it here, the boys this weekend cut holes uh, where their nipples are just so they could play with each other more freely. They were at the Family Gathering of Light, which involved Troy Casey, a.k.a. the Certified Health Nut, a bunch of other absolutely bonkers speakers, some uh, music performances that I hear the boys skipped out on, and, uh, (laughs) of course, the Kate Awakening, an obvious pro-QAnon influencer, which basically gave me the pass to send them to their uh, certain deaths and to have to listen to at least an hour on sexual kung fu. So, boys, I couldn't be happier with this. You know, we're breaking new ground, and it's also very ridiculous and exhausting for both of you. I. How was the weekend? Did you survive? Did you eat well? Did you have a nice place to stay?
3: Yeah, yeah. We, we s- did. We s- we slept well. We, uh, we ate at the, the local restaurant. So it was, I mean, the, the stay was pleasant. Yeah, yeah. And Sedona is a beautiful gorgeous, area.
2: Yeah. I bet. And yes, Sedona, as you mentioned, in Arizona is where it was held. It's broadly considered a vortex, a place of great energy like Mount Shasta uh, in the New Age movements among the starseeds. And uh, I I think some aliens are coming up in this episode, folks, because they were in the middle of the desert, basically, at this weird conference room where, as far as I could tell from the pictures you sent me, had, like, galaxies uh, projected onto the ceiling? Correct. It's great stuff. Okay. Take it away, boys. I can't tell you how much I've been waiting for this one. So...
3: Yeah, this was really interesting because like modern, uh, I guess, QAnon in July of 2021, they have like a few areas of interest and concern. There's, of course, QAnon followers worldwide. They're fueling anti-vaccination efforts as you know governments all over the world try to battle COVID-19, especially the Delta variant that's causing some trouble here in L.A. County where we're recording. We have to wear masks in restaurants again, which sucks, but that's how it goes. The Delta variant has also affected friend of the show, Frankathon, uh, who, as, as she's known on Discord, who is, uh, is struggling with her uh, the infection right now. So shout out to her because she is uh, cur- currently doing her own undercover work that uh, I'm looking forward to when she uh, ri- eventually writes all that up. Just this past week, on July 24th, uh, thousands protested vaccination requirements and COVID-19 restrictions in several major cities, including in France, Italy, Australia, and the UK. Journalists traced the organization of these protests to chat groups that promoted several conspiracy theories, including QAnon. This is part of a trend of more offline activities for QAnon followers. Michael Flynn, for example, he's still very much involved in the QAnon community at events. He's been touring the country, attending uh, these QAnon and connected conferences, such as the Clay Clark uh, Health and Freedom Conference. QAnon followers are also fixated on the Maricopa County uh, audit in Arizona based on the insane hope that the uh, 2020 election will be declared fraudulent and Trump will be ushered back into office. That audit is a, r- reportedly not uh, going very well. The main person that the Arizona Senate put in charge of overseeing uh, the bizarre audit, whose name is Ken Bennett, is considering stepping down after being permanently banned from the building where the audit is taking place. Apparently, this happened after Bennett shared audit data with outside analysts who used it to suggest that the initial results from a new machine count of ballots being conducted by the Senate are tracking closely with the county's count of ballots. So there's not much fraud to be found. This will call into question the results from the auditing from the firm Cyber Ninjas, who are obviously just right now trying to stir up some bullshit in an attempt to delegitimize the election. Now, another major interest of QAnon followers is UFOs, aliens, and what they call disclosure. This is probably best represented in Ron Watkins' latest project, Alien Leaks, which purports to be a WikiLeaks for UFOs. So far, Watkins has only released already public information and a video purportedly taken by Watkins himself of a UFO. I don't know if you saw this, but it's the same, like, blurry shit. It looks like a white dot off in the distance. But... Right now, there's sort of an interesting intersection of UFOs, New Age spirituality, and QAnon. And Julian found a conference that seemed to represent that that intersection very, very well. The
4: Great Family of Light Gathering in Sedona,
1: Arizona. It was about 11 a.m. on Thursday when Travis pulled onto my block, ready to embark on a crazy mission forced on us by Julian from thousands of miles away. Julian had been monitoring a bizarre sect of QAnon via his Twitch channel a strange community blending holistic health, cryptocurrency, and extraterrestrials had come together over their love of QAnon. They were holding a three-day festival in Sedona, Arizona. Unable to attend from across the sea, Julian would send his two best operatives, me and Travis, on a road trip spanning hundreds of miles into the depths of the magnificent Arizona desert to provide a first-hand glimpse of how QAnon is mutating into a new variant, one that is much easier to catch and will make you sick. There was a new element for me, both a gift and a curse, if you will. I was fully vaccinated. No longer could I swish my shorts and run for the hills, blaming a will to survive as the reason for sacrificing great content. No, this go around I would have no choice but to ingratiate myself to a group of individuals who mostly believe they are the souls of aliens, taking a mortal shell for a spin around planet Earth. I handed Travis a large coffee I had picked up before he arrived. Iced, black, no cream, no milk. The drive from his bunker in the California mountains to my place had clocked in at just under three hours. Our wills were already being tested, as Julian dined on croissants and hashish from his lavish (laughs) headquarters in Paris. That is my full diet. I poked my head into my apartment one last time to kiss my partner goodbye. Alas, she was on a work Zoom call and was only able to barely acknowledge me. (laughs) I whispered goodbye to Teddy, who looked up at me with sad, hopeful eyes. Would this be the last time I see them? I thought to myself. It was unclear. My disguise was ready, packed away in a large carry-on, a handful of Hawaiian and linen shirts with holes cut into the backs of the front pocket to run the wire through. What the fuck am I doing, again? Despite having done this a handful of times already, nothing ever prepares me for the anxiety that comes with infiltrating a group of predominantly harmless people. (laughs) Looking straight into their eyes as I access the most pilled version of myself and present it to them as fact, The content God smiled upon us as we set out across the Los Angeles freeways. We had lingered past the morning rush and found ourselves moving at a steady pace through the waning traffic. I'd made sure to give us every automotive advantage. A fresh oil change, clean radiator fluid, tire rotations, the works. A breakdown in the desert would mean certain death for me, and a long, sad walk for Mr.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, after he ate you. Yeah, what are you talking about? I had my entire hiking backpack. We'd be fine.
1: Yeah exactly that's what i'm saying i would be dead and you would have to hike out of the desert it'd be sad for you because i would have died hopefully
2: he's a practical man what do you want him to do with several pounds of meat
1: (laughs) (laughs) we threw on a podcast helmed by two of the presenters journey to truth the episode contained other speakers that were to attend the weekend's conference and travis and i listened furious to what we were about to experience live the influencers were young with a casual dynamic Had we not known it was a QAnon podcast, it would have almost sounded relatively normal. The host joked back and forth about which junk foods were their weakness, and then without missing a beat would dive into extraterrestrials as if their existence had been taught in the junior high history books. With about three hours to go, we pulled off onto a dusty overpass and into the parking lot of a Burger King slash gas station combo. It was blisteringly hot outside, a dry heavy heat that pushed you into the ground. As we awaited our spicy chicken sandwiches, I noticed Travis staring at the television mounted in the dining room. They're playing OAN, he remarked, his eyes deader than usual. <laughs> a frightened thought washed over me. We were in pilled country. We both watched Marjorie Taylor Greene give an interview on screen. A Chiron below read, quote, the vaccine debate. We ate our food quietly and then headed back on the road. It was dusk when we pulled into the aging Sedona Resort. The property was quite pretty, nestled against a backdrop of magnificent mesas. After entering a makeshift check-in area, the lobby was under construction. We were greeted by a man I can best describe as a pilled Rick Moranis. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, I pilled the kids. Upon viewing our California IDs, he immediately asked us our thoughts on Gavin Newsom. We checked into our room. It was very nice. Two queen beds a couple of feet apart. This was the closest I had ever slept to Travis. I wondered if our tortured dreams would become twisted in the night. Two brains <laughs> overloaded with three years of nonsense. Jake,
2: you're supposed to let the fans write this.
1: Only time would tell. Travis passed out early while I struggled to stay awake. Falling asleep would mean I had to face another QAnon conference tomorrow. I held on to my Nintendo Switch for dear life, but Borderlands 2 was no match for the exhaustion following our eight hour drive. Day one. Unsurprisingly, Travis woke up just after dawn and completed a solo four-mile hike. I woke up around 11 and debated whether I should take a Xanax. (laughs) As many of you know, I'm not the most skilled at keeping my cool under pressure. Preliminary research showed that this was shaping up to be an intimate gathering. We had tracked arriving guests on Telegram. There were young couples, mothers and daughters, old friends, traveling from all over the country to be here. I took the Xanax. Intimate would end up being an understatement. When Travis and I pulled up, there were maybe 20 or 30 people hanging out in a small outdoor rotunda with a handful of chairs surrounding the edges. There was a strong showing of man buns and ponytails, flowy dresses, (laughs) large hats, basically your average Los Angeles yoga class. But the difference here, everyone was into QAnon. Travis and I seemingly stuck out like sore thumbs. We were both wearing ball caps and Travis was carrying a large camera bag over his shoulder. As far as I could tell, no one else had brought professional camera equipment. (laughs) In an effort to blend in, Travis and I headed into the vendors area. There were about ten different vendors, each hawking various magical wares. There were body creams, organic teas, intricate jewelry made from various earth stones, and a man selling glittery rocks he claimed would mitigate the high EMF fields radiating out of your cell phone. Travis bought one shaped like the Bat-Signal from Batman for $60.
3: That's right. What? it looks like shit. It it, look, it looks like it's a it's a batter egg shaped brick that looks like it's covered in child's sort of craft glitter. It's an abomination that is supposed to like remove the harmful EMFs from your phone. It's like a it's a cultural abomination, like a weird blending of
2: pop culture and new age woo. 18 of you Patreon supporters allowed Travis <laughs> to buy this this month. So I hope you're fucking happy with how your money's being spent. It, it helps stay undercover. so <laughs> cursed. And you brought it to the studio, and you're going to leave it there. I can see already you're abandoning it here. Your wife doesn't want to see that. <laughs> That's right. It is it's bizarre. A hideous object. He <laughs> keeps pointing it to Jake really close up. <laughs> like Jake's skull <laughs> is going to be protected from EMFs if he keeps holding it there. What is happening? Uh, you guys have lost it. I hope
1: Paris is nice. <laughs> As three p m approached, we were all ushered into the main conference area, a largish room that felt sort of like a church. On the mid sized stage, numerous bowls and instruments were lined up, and two magical looking women were making preparations. The event's MC Jace, from Cosmic Origins, welcomed the attendees.
5: So we are going to go ahead and get started with our opening ceremonies today. Um, Real quick, my name is Jace. I'm going to be your host throughout the weekend. But we're going to get started with the Sedona Sound Healing Tribe, a local sound healing tribe that does sound ceremonies, sound baths, and it's going to be a real special treat here. So we're going to go ahead and uh, turn it over to them. I'm going to shut off the projector real quick to get the vibes a little uh, more ambient in here and we're just going to relax and enjoy it. It's going to be a little less than an hour so you can just sit in your
6: seat and it will be kind of an interactive sound bath experience. If you guys haven't experienced a sound bath
5: before, it's a really, really magical thing. It's really good for your central nervous system, for your body, for your overall immune health. It really opens up the channels and the corridors in your body for higher light and energy to come in and fill your vessel. So it's really a magical thing. And I think quite a few people, at least that i talked to, haven't experienced this yet before. So it's pretty amazing.
1: I was indeed one of the few uh, who had never experienced a sound bath. And the Xanax was starting to kick in. <laughs> the lights dimmed and a woman named Cheshire took to the stage to kick off the sound bath with a sacred song. It began to rain outside.
7: Fly, I walked upon the
8: fire giving
7: light,
8: somehow destiny became a job on wings of light.
4: Fly, the dragon has awakened in the sky, shadows are a
2: They were already crop dusting you with scents, and I would have paid almost anything to to see your faces as this (laughs) stuff was kicking off.
1: Well, you would have been, you would have probably felt ripped off because I was smiling. My (laughs) eyes were closed. (laughs) I was uh, very much enjoying it. Vibing. Once she was finished, the sound bath began. Now, if you listen closely, you can actually hear my soul leave my body. Thank mm-hmm. you. That alarm that you heard at the very end there was the flash flood warning that lit up everybody's phones. Like in the middle of this like very sacred moment, it was. But you know they rolled with it and everyone laughed it off. It was it was no big deal. What then proceeded was an hour long sound bath, and I'm going to be totally honest, it was incredible. So often throughout this conference, I kept thinking to myself, if these folks didn't also believe in QAnon, this would have been quite a harmless experience, minus the crypto stuff maybe.
2: Travis, you heard. Jay- describe his smile. What was your experience with the sound bath? It was, I was a little uncomfortable, you know,
3: it was like, it was, I was sitting there. There was one point where a woman with sage and a fan came towards everyone and sort of like whisked sage, burning sage in her general direction. Uh Uh-huh.
1: I loved it. After the sound bath, our brains were nice and supple the first scheduled speaker was Alara of One Foot in 5D.
3: Alara of Sirius, as she calls herself, is a podcaster who has worked with a lot of other QAnon followers. Actually, Alara gave us our very first Q reference of the day about three minutes into the very first presentation of the entire event. Nice. She was displaying an illustration that represented herself because she happens to claim that she is an extraterrestrial. And she was talking about how important Q is to her.
8: Corey Goods, artist Steven followed during this morning me quite a a while ago now, and uh, it really kind of, it's hard to really understand me without Q, because Q is a major part of my story, so um, you'll see the Q around me, and the where we go when we go all on my sword.
3: Like a lot of speakers throughout the event, Alara started out talking about what woke her up. All of these people seem to know of, like, a specific moment or event or life crisis, uh, usually, that led to their conversion. They always have this this road to Damascus moment, and it always happens to be an extremely stressful or dark point in their life. For Alara, it was in 2017 when she says she saw an alien spacecraft.
8: So how things kind of started with me, I woke up in 2017 when... Um and I'll show you guys a slide right after this, which has a picture of it, so you can see what I'm talking about. I woke up in 2017 when um, an SS- SSP ship known as the Dark Craft um, came for me. So, kind of to explain, I was fully asleep in the Matrix. Like, I was had totally bought into it. I was probably in the darkest part of my life. Really, really dark part of my life. And out of nowhere, this ship appeared right in front of me, probably like 50 feet in front of me. And it uh, went from a point of light to a ship, just like you've heard, and many of you who have watched Cosmic Disclosure, and Corey talk about this,
3: same exact thing. So she's at the lowest point of her life. She saw an alien spacecraft, and this, this opened up her third eye. She woke up. She took the red pill, oh. thanks to the UFO, I guess. Her main presentation weaved together UFO talk, some sacred geometry, and actual scientific cosmology. There was also some talk about how the Bible related to modern physics.
8: Here's the problem. People tend to look at the Bible or religious texts in general and science as two mutually exclusive propositions. What I came to understand is that the Bible was written in a language appropriate at the time. But with our growing understanding of the science of quantum physics today, we can now evaluate those words through a whole new lens. I believe understanding biblical texts is a matter of resonance, not mental processing power. This is something achieved through a shift in frequency or consciousness. This is absolutely not a cerebral process,
3: in my opinion. You know, it's interesting because it's like it's like it's like a New Age sort of approach to biblical interpretation, like New Age and Christianity. I think they sort of they generally take a sort of a pluralistic kind of attitude towards religion, where it's like all all religions are like true in a certain way, and all sort of sacred texts are valid. Honestly, theories about the origin and the fate of the universe took up the bulk of her speaking time. She talked about the Big Bang and dark matter, which she called the subconscious of the universe. She also talked about the Big Bounce, which is a hypothesis which speculates that the first cosmological event is the result of the collapse of a previous universe and the cycle is just repeating itself uh, forever. Now, I don't have anything. uh, There's nothing wrong with a good lecture on astrophysics. But honestly, I was expecting a lot more like super pilled content, especially from a person who purports to be a space alien. But uh, it seemed like the audience was mostly interested in uh, pilled content, too, because during the Q&A session, they didn't ask her about the physics stuff. They asked her to recount her UFO experience. So she got right back to talking about the certain ships that she claims that she saw. Tyler and Aaron
4: of Journey to Truth.
3: The next speakers were Tyler and Aaron of Journey to Truth
1: podcast. And Travis and I actually listened to them on the drive out to Arizona. As far as I can tell, they started their show about two years ago. And even though it primarily focuses on disclosure and self-work through spirituality, it's clear that they were into QAnon from the offset. Here is the promo for the launch of their podcast in February of 2019.
9: I feel like everyone has their own... There's something that like will trigger everyone to get on that journey but it's i feel like it's different for every person when you start waking up to that stuff it's like it just shatters your whole world and like it's it's intense and confusing
7: it's for me it's like i always knew growing even growing up it's like i always had this knowing of something but i didn't even know what it was and and i was always watching uh any type of UFO program or something on Bigfoot or conspiracy theories or any paranormal thing. But it, it always left you hanging. And at the end, they have a skeptic debunk it all. And then the show ends.
9: Yeah, yeah. They have the logical skeptic come on.
7: And people have been so programmed, you can just put the truth right in front
9: of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. and Because it's so far removed from from the mainstream. When you actually do true research... You find that most of that is lies and is just propaganda. Let's say that the fact that ETs exist uh, and, and have been to our planet, like there's there's so much evidence there has to be something behind that. There has to be some some kind of truth there, you know.
7: Yeah, and unfortunately this evidence is being suppressed. That's why it's important that we have a platform like this to get the truth out there and to talk about what doesn't get talked about. Uh, there's a much brighter future for humanity, and that's only going to happen if we expose the truth.
1: Because the first day of the conference was devoted to mind, Tyler and Aaron were tasked with unloading about a century's worth of conspiracy theories <laughs> in two thirty-minute <laughs> tag team presentations. <laughs>
2: Just you hear the truck pulling up, beep
5: beep beep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to their credit, I will say they hit all the juicy ones: nice. uh, Admiral Byrd and his journey to inner Earth, Operation Paperclip, Bob Lazar, and even a shout out to my favorite alien contactee, Billy Meyer, uh, who we covered on this show.
2: And to be clear, Operation Paperclip is not a conspiracy theory. It's no, it's, it's a real a fact. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Aaron spoke first and presented a sort of brief and inoffensive history of UFOs to the crowd. He spoke with the cadence of a high school history teacher who had completely (laughs) checked out. I found it a little strange that we were covering what ultimately felt like the basics to a room full of people where half of them already understood they were the souls of aliens and even knew which specific solar system they hailed from. Nevertheless, he cracked a couple of jokes and the crowd loved it. I appreciated his efforts to bring normies like me up to speed, but even I felt like I was repeating a course I had already taken late at night on YouTube.
9: So, uh... ETs and UFOs in ancient history, and uh, there's many ancient artifacts, uh, petroglyphs, cave drawings, uh, that depict ETs, as you can see, what would appear to be ETs, uh, and also UFOs, so that's very interesting.
1: Aaron then moved on to covering the modern history of UFOs, everything from Roswell to Travis Walton, who is the alleged abductee who the film Fire in the Sky is based on. I was curious to hear what Aaron thought of the most recent Pentagon preliminary report on UAPs. And both he and the audience, as well as this undercover infiltrator, were in agreement that it left a whole lot to be desired. Uh,
9: so the recent Pentagon UAP report, the, uh, the rebranding UFOs as UAPs now, Stands for unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, it said, basically says most UFO sightings are natural or explainable, but there's some that can't be explained, and they don't know what they are. Uh, but some sightings appear to demonstrate advanced technology. Of course, they don't. They have no idea what this technology is. They don't have it. We don't have it. You know, of course. Uh, Neither confirms nor denies them being of extraterrestrial origin. So basically, they're
1: just not telling us anything. So, the one good thing about the report, Aaron claims, is that it has the potential to wake up completely asleep normies that UFOs are acknowledged in some form by the U.S. government. But he goes on to say that it doesn't really matter that the report is useless because people can go see a guaranteed UFO sighting for themselves right here in Arizona.
9: You can literally see UFOs for yourself. I mean, many, many places here in Sedona. There, this is a there's a lot of activity here. This is a vortex, um, as many of you know. But at Seti Ranch in Trout Lake, Washington, run by James Gilliland, I've been there multiple times. Literally, basically every single day, you will see UFOs in the sky there. Um, it's pretty much guaranteed. So you can just go there. You can see them for yourself. Uh, there's regular UFO activity, along with a lot of Bigfoot activity, fairies, orbs, ETs, and different beings manifesting and other mystical experiences. There's many naysayers of East City, but no one has ever been able to truly debunk any of the activity there.
1: The way he sort of casually blows by Bigfoot, fairies, orbs, and other paranormal phenomenon kind of blows my mind. If everyone in the room accepts this knowledge as a given, why even bother trudging through it? And if you're trying to attract new believers, why wouldn't you try to make this more exciting? It'll turn out later that I much preferred Aaron's approach because when one of the later speakers launched into an aggressive rant about his seven different Starseed forms, I was really turned off. But what of QAnon? The entire speech was, until this point, completely absent of any mention of Q. When he did finally touch on it towards the end of his lecture, it was so quick I didn't even notice it until pouring over my audio recordings.
9: So disclosure is so much more than UFOs, um, true... Full disclosure is going to include the like this is a picture of uh, the supposed med beds that we have, um, just the medical healing technologies. Um, disclosure of what we know about ETS and the cosmos and the and the galactic stuff that we already know. Uh, the ch- child sex trafficking. Um, There's a picture of Tesla, so free energy, all the free energy technology that we we have that's being suppressed, and disclosure of who we really are, um, which we've been lied to about and have not been told. So we are disclosure. We are actually disclosure. True disclosure happens through us. Disclosure is not something that can be handed to us by any government or outside authority. Self-sovereignty is key to spiritual growth, advancement, and true freedom in living. Here it says, The vision vision for Earth at this time is to recover soul sovereignty. Ask within for the highest and best way. Love will answer. The truth is, we are eternal, sovereign, spiritual beings. There is no such thing as anything outside of ourselves having any kind of power or authority over us. Unless, of course, we give that power away. For thousands of years... We've been tricked into giving our power away to institutions and authorities, and our infinite and multidimensional nature has been kept hidden from us. We've been lied to about literally everything. It's time to wake up to who we really are, take our power back, and reclaim our sovereignty. We are the ones we've been waiting for
1: in the end there, he really kind of skims over a lot of beliefs we see in QAnon. The trafficked children, the sovereign citizen movement, free energy, a shadowy cabal. Also, I'm 99% sure that the image of the med bed he referred to in his presentation is just a screen grab from Prometheus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it will remove Exedomorph from your stomach, suture you back up, and potentially exterminate it in a fiery flame.
1: Also relevant is the blossoming belief amongst QAnon believers that, quote, we are the ones that we've been waiting for. The phrase, sit back and enjoy the show, or get your popcorn, was completely absent from all speakers. Am I right,
3: Travis? Yeah, yeah. They used to have this fantasy that, um, I don't know, that the, eventually the mainstream media would be forced to recognize their, their white hot truths, but now they're like, oh, no, it's gone now. It's all us now.
1: So next up is Tyler, who is Aaron's podcasting partner, who admitted that he and Aaron had not compared notes before the event and claimed that he had essentially prepared almost the exact same lecture. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> He's that <laughs> boring, too?
7: So, you know, what's funny. Aaron and I, uh, we're doing basically the same exact presentation. <laughs> <laughs> but we, so different areas. we didn't compare notes. And you're going to get to see um, both of our minds at work here and um, how we perceive this. We've been doing this show for a little over two years now, and something that's come to my attention is that a lot of people, you know, we throw these terms around and, and we, we, we get into some advanced stuff that some of these people are just hearing this, these terms for the first time. So I wanna paint a picture uh, and make it a reality for people who might not be aware of this stuff and give a little timeline and bring us up to disclosure and uh, uh, you're gonna get my take on basically the same thing. So uh, give me just a minute to set my uh, computer up.
1: So this uh, preparing the same presentation turned out really not to be the case. Tyler was much more energetic, perhaps because Aaron had eaten into a good chunk of his lecture time, and he was under the gun to get all of his talking points out. Tyler opened up with a clip from Weekend at Bernie's that said represented how he felt every time he saw, quote, a false flag attempt. So right off the bat, it appears that he was much more comfortable using phrases popular within the QAnon slash conspiracy community. Before he kicked off, Tyler spoke personally about how tough it is spending time around Around one's biological family, it's a sentiment that we're all too familiar with in studying QAnon, and I found the moment to be heartbreaking. Right afterwards, though, he seemed to make a vague reference to flat Earth.
7: This is how I feel most of the time. I'm hanging around. I went on a family vacation lately, or recently, and uh, it was this. This feels more like family, to be honest. And I love my family, but you guys know how it is. We can't be ourselves around them sometimes. It's as so hard as we try. Uh, all history is a lie. Maybe not. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've never been <laughs> off this planet, so I can't tell you what shape it is, what actually exists out there. We have to take everyone's word for everything, right? Uh, they have all the observatories shut down right now, uh, so we have to take NASA's word and SpaceX. We have to take their word for what's going on in space. Why is that? Why don't they want to switch up there? What's 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 going on? I have no idea. Yeah. And I do, I do know. Some Can somebody grab me some water?
1: So after showing, which I have to admit, a kind of convincing photograph of what Tyler described as a reptilian tanker spewing noxious gases into the atmosphere above Calabasas, his lecture really took off at light speed. (laughs) Uh, Much like Travis has pointed out time after time about conspiracy videos on YouTube, Tyler makes some pretty bold statements, but moves on from them so quickly, you don't even have a chance to sort of stop and process them before you're hit with the next theory.
7: The U.S. is ran by, essentially, Nazis. But they didn't tell us that, what was going on behind the scenes. Simultaneously, they were developing bases on the Moon and Mars since the early 40s. But, a month ago, as of a month ago, we still don't know if UFOs exists, like Aaron said. <laughs> uh, this explains Operation Paperclip. I need—I really need to go a lot faster. Okay, 1945, Operation Tiberian 1 and 2, British soldiers discovered German base. Uh, Thirty guys were sent in. One guy made it back. The one guy who made it back was able to tell uh, whoever he needed to know. They sent back. Um, they sent back ten British commandos after that, and oh, only I forgot how many of those guys. Only three of them made it back. They discovered the base, but uh, so they verified two different two different expeditions verified that the Germans had a base. Extremely advanced technology, they had claimed that it looked like they had been down there for a long time, and this was in 1945, so they had probably been there in 1901 and 1911, uh, either beginning to establish this, and by the way, they claimed that you can get to it from Germany to Antarctica underwater via submarine.
1: In the next part of his speech, Tyler seems to directly contradict his co-host. He claims that an image of hovering lights above the White House in a 1952 photograph are not actual UFOs, but rather Nazi-built ships that had been retro-engineered after obtaining crashed alien spacecraft. He claims that this event was the Nazis threatening our nation, showing off their much superior aerial craft technology. To be fair, this was a widely reported-on event, and many air traffic controllers, uh, both civilian and military, stand by their account that the objects were solid. Fighter jets were dispatched to intercept, and their pilots were also convinced the objects were highly advanced crafts. The Air Force's response was that the phenomenon could have been caused by temperature inversion, uh, but many of the radar witnesses disputed this explanation. Then Tyler brings up a theory that I am not familiar with. He clicks on his PowerPoint to an angled-up shot of Donald Trump, sitting in the Oval Office at his desk, signing an executive order. Behind him, a group of people are watching over his shoulder, smiling. Tyler goes on to say this about the photograph.
7: Why I chose this picture is because according to Johann Fritz and a few other other people who are in the programs, they claim that you see this black man and this blonde woman right next to Trump. They claim that those are extraterrestrials. Pleiadian uh, commander and Hitlerian commander we don't know right we have no idea but if that's the case that's really cool and that, t- that might change your mind about the Trump administration what was really going on and what's going on behind the Space Force
3: that's right aliens were in the Oval Office overseeing uh, signings from Trump I have a hard time believing personally That if Trump indeed
1: created the Space Force working in tandem with a Palladian commander, he would just not be able to keep quiet about (laughs) it. I'm sorry. I mean, imagine that rally. You know, imagine the votes. Don't vote for Joe Biden. He's currently not working with the Intergalactic Council like we are. <laughs> and furthermore, how could the Galactic Council allow Biden to win? They should have the technology to zap the voting machines resulting in a landslide Trump win. I mean, I already know that the answer is because Biden had to win to allow the deep state to think they'd won and expose their hand. But come on, I think my criticism is fair here.
2: I agree. Mars attacks, except they're just exterminating the Clinton campaign. <laughs>
1: As Tyler began to close out his speech, uh, he actually touched on something that we have discussed multiple times throughout the show. If the news is fake and evil, why are Anans looking to them for validation?
7: Mainstream CNN, what should we call it? Communist Narcissist Network? <laughs> uh, why, and here's another thing. So why do we want disclosure from the same source we've been steering people away from? So how many of us going through our awakening... Tell all our friends, you have to stop watching the news. You can't listen to the word they say. You have to believe, I don't believe anything they say. And here we all, here we all are, wanting disclosure from the news. Ah, And, like, when are we going to, like, stop and think for a second?
1: So finally, in what was probably the most symbolic moment between all of the day's speakers, as Tyler was wrapping up his speech with a quick glossary of terminology, something pretty funny happened.
7: Uh, What is a fact? What is a fact, right? When enough people agree on a theory, it becomes a fact. You don't know what you don't know. know. Yes, (laughs) see? Think think about that. Think about that. Where's the typo? Oh,
1: (laughs) yes. So what you're hearing here is Tyler is reading his definition from his PowerPoint presentation and Kate Awakening's adorable little kid who's, you know, around six years old, who's been sitting up front with headphones on playing his iPad, looks up and points out that Tyler has a major typo in his PowerPoint presentation that he has spelled no as yo and so the key, the kid looked up and was like, Fucking "Yo,
3: getting, getting spell checked by a kindergartner." Absolutely
2: 06 A 6-year-old. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, that 6-year-old might as well have gone up there with a 45 put it to his head and shot. Him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. Immediately following, and something that hit me in a weird way is both Tyler and the child's mom, Kate, sort of joke about how, you know, one day that this kid is going to be on this very same stage, uh, you know, giving these same kind of speeches.
7: This, this, kid, this is Kate Away son, and he will be on the stage one day. Yeah. He could probably be on, on the stage right now, he's only six years old. And I'm not joking.
3: The Kate Awakening. We first talked about the Kate Awakening all the way back in 2019 on this pod during our YouTube episode. Now, it was obvious that she was an up-and-coming QAnon influencer, in part because she is an attractive and charming woman in a field of influencers who look like praying medic. (laughs) Per usual, she opened by talking about her conversion experience, and she says she was pilled by Pizzagate and Q.
4: My awakening started with Q. So I know not everybody is a Q person. I am, though, and i it kind of doesn't matter what Q is or was. It woke up millions of people, and I am one of those people. And actually, truthfully, it started with Pizzagate. So I went down this rabbit hole with Pizzagate over the course of a weekend and didn't sleep the entire weekend. I can't believe what I was able to find on the Internet. So this was February of 2018. And um, it, it changed me as a human
3: being. We've talked before on the show about the New Age to QAnon pipeline, where people who are into yoga or crystals drift into this online fascist cult. But this is interesting because it's a flow in the opposite direction. It's the Q to New Age pipeline. They're all just like elements that are just churning in this conspiratorial soup. She also talked about a common radicalization pathway for Q and other followers. Pizzagate sent her to the depths of despair and Q gave her hope.
4: So I don't even know what I looked into, what I researched, but somehow by the grace of God, is uh, I landed on the Q operation. I remember I was listening to two guys on a podcast. It wasn't really the truth. Uh, I think I'm older than now, Uh, but just a little. Um, but there were two guys talking about it, and I don't. it was exactly like Tyler was saying. It was like the truth was vibrating in my body, and I just knew it. I knew what they were talking about was the truth. And thank God, because it was the hope that I needed, it was the light at the end of the tunnel, and then I had something that I could do with it. I honestly don't know where. I would probably still be in the fetal position if I had found out about
3: it. Interestingly, she says that the inauguration of President Biden caused her to shift from researching information and being a digital soldier to exploring spirituality.
4: I was really heavily focused on the information. And let me tell you, that was not healthy. (laughs) It was good and I needed it. But at the same time, it was like I needed a break. And when the inauguration happened, I was just out. I was, I was, I looked like you guys. <laughs> I was like, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't keep up anymore. So at that point I shifted gears and I, it was kind of a natural progression. I shifted more into the spirituality. I've always been interested in the spirituality, um, but this like catalyzed me.
3: Honestly, I think that for QAnon followers, the inauguration of Joe Biden uh, had one or two effects. Either made them just go into pure denial mode and where they're exploring these audits and they assume that this isn't happening. President Trump is coming back and this isn't real. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they say that, oh, this is all part of the plan or they just leave this physical plane. They go into weird 5D spiritual stuff.
2: Well, that was always the case. That was the whole point of the Great Awakening, Travis. If only Jesus had come down, we would all ascend to a higher plane, 5D heaven. Unfortunately, the great 3D disappointment will be difficult. Her presentation was honestly a lot of standard fair QAnon
3: stuff. She talked about the cosmic battle between good versus evil and memetic warfare. She also did that thing QAnon followers do where they assume that Trump's every quirk has a secret meaning. For example, she thinks that there's a particular reason that Trump pronounces China the way that he does.
4: When he gets us to make fun of him, he's literally seeding public consciousness. When he says, the way he says China, Okay, <laughs> you know you all just said it in your head, China. So he had us all going China in our heads while while the mainstream media was saying Russia, Russia, Russia.
3: She also talked a lot about her upbringing. She said that uh, she was raised Catholic, but also her mom was a hypnotist who did past life regression. I. Don't quite understand how that works. She also says that she was influenced by Buddhism growing up. I mean, this is a weird sort of eclectic mix of religious traditions. Sounds, I don't know how it's exactly as compatible with Catholicism, but uh, this is what she said. Her presentation also covered, you know, um, hypnotherapy practices and mindset. Um, like having abundance mentality, you know, thinking you deserve more. Honestly, it wasn't any di- any different than you what you might hear from a conventional motivational speaker or Oprah or something. The Kate Awakening wrapped up her talk by recommending a Buddhist chant that she claims helps manifest things into your life.
4: Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, and you say it over and over again. You can do it wherever. You could be in your car. I actually mostly chant in my car nam kyo nam nam kyo This is daimoku. There's also gongyo. it's longer and a lot more involved, and like, it's tired of thinking about it. Um, but this is kind of, uh, basically the way I understand it is, put, it's putting your body in vibration with the universe, where you've got a direct phone call to Chipotle and you say, no sour cream please, I would like the chicken, and
2: you can manifest things into your life. Wait, but
4: but that's it. That's the
2: end of it. That's capitalism. You're going to manifest something. You're going to 5D. You're thinking about fucking Chipotle.
10: You're thinking about (laughs) fucking Chipotle.
3: I mean, honestly, I was, I, I was kind of surprised that she went, like, the meditative chanting route. I didn't, th- I didn't think I would uh, get that from her. But, yeah, she was interesting.
1: The evening closed out with Pilled Sedona rap artist Ben Steezy, joined by singer Alo. In the QAnon community, Ben is most known for his song about adrenochrome, titled Adrenochrome.
11: Not game, mother Is it red, blue? Blue, 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 blue Got pills in the booth Head full of zans Watching MSM News, send me the link. Who got the plug? Not what you think. New type of drug. Have you a drink, sip you some blood, feed the elite, fear of the young, give you the strength, do what you love. Long as you sink, spirit above. Devil may wink, gift you a glove. Then in a blink, control of your tongue. Giving goals, platinum gold, belly home, pockets full, baited trolls, paid tolls, tolls, your soul, bank, swole, feed on fear, sick, poor, breeding tears, adrenaline pours out of the gland, onto the floor. What colors are X? They painted the door is it red blue? Is it blue got pills in the booth head full of xan watching msm news send me the link who got the plug tell me the doc that's writing you up popping your perks tipping your cups right with the lean carrying the cuck. but tell me who gets paid on the back end who gets paid on the front
1: Interestingly enough, the performance that we got was much friendlier and not nearly as dark. Ben opened with a warm-up freestyle.
0: Yeah,
11: we're gonna get started. This this first track is kind of just like a freestyle fun track to get everybody in here and warmed up, and then we'll get into some some real solid music. So let's let's get going. <laughs> Every day.
3: You hear Jake grooving out.
1: Maybe the rhymes got darker as the concert went on, but Travis and I were exhausted, so we slipped out through the large double doors and walked to my car in the pouring rain. As we got in the car, Travis admitted that perhaps he had been overly concerned about getting identified by the Kate Awakening.
3: All right, one, my brain's a little softened.
1: Oh yeah, my brain, incredibly soft, there's a bat.
3: Yeah, you know what? for the reflection
1: of Big K Wakey fucking crew who I am. No. None of nobody
3: dies. Nobody I'm kidding. Does, it's a different crowd.
1: It's a different crowd. We were arguably the two shadiest guys there.
10: <laughs> day
3: two. The first speaker on day two was a man named Alexander Nazone, the founder and CEO of the New Age jewelry company Crystal Current. Nazone describes himself as a master of tarot, numerology, and Reiki. Before the event started, I actually spoke to him at uh, his booth in the vendor room. He had a bunch of bracelets for sale that all consisted of a bunch of beads of different gemstones, as he called them. I settled on purchasing a bracelet
2: which he called the Sky God. Boys, how much fucking money did you spend there? What the fuck was happening? This sounds like a visit to the fucking mall. You bought a necklace, you bought a bracelet,
10: and the fucking Batman thing?
1: (laughs) I brought brought some ass cream as well. Now listen. (laughs) When you're under when you're undercover Listen. the best way to uh to uh assuage any one of their suspicions is to spend at least $100 uh, at their uh, wares booths, okay? This got us in with the vendors. Uh, This had, show uh, because it was a small venue, so other people, other speakers saw us purchasing, making purchases, looking. It helped us blend in, and I absolutely believe that this was a a necessary expense. I I spent my own money. I did not spend the podcast money or our patrons' money. You uh, You should
2: have spent the patrons' money, and also are you going to use that asshole cream?
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay.
3: My Sky God bracelet includes a bunch of dark-colored stones, which include black agate angel aura, golden obsidian angel aura, shungite, and snowflake obsidian. On his website, he describes the bracelet this way. Sky God,
2: a.k.a. the Warrior 5.0, is the physical embodiment of the harnessed power of the divine masculine oversoul. The god of gods and the power of the void, which is a necessary cogwheel in the energetic function of our reality. This energy tool holds a vibration of safety and protection like no other, and it will help you excel with workout recovery, manifestation, transmutation of lower vibrational energies, dissolving fears, and clearing the energetic field around you
3: reading this description is a good illustration of like why I struggle to even engage with this new age stuff. I like language because it's able to bring like clarity and precision to ideas. It's able to like, you know, part the clouds and they're able to sort of understand ideas in other people's minds. But like the phrase, a necessary cogwheel in the energetic function of a reality means nothing to me. This is just gibberish. It's not, it's a, it's
2: a sign with no uh, like, like signifier. Um. But when I think of you, I, 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 Really think of the divine masculine oversoul.
1: Yeah, you don't need a bracelet,
2: man. <laughs> when I put the bracelet on, he asked me if I was feeling it. and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah,
3: totally. <laughs> you meant yourself. Right. <laughs> I did wind up wearing the bracelet the whole conference. Actually, I have it on right now. Yes. Like many other speakers, Nazon opened with his personal testimonial of how he was awakened. He was spending a lot of time drinking with his friends and chasing women before his third eye opened. And this experience was so profound, according to him, it left physical scars on his body.
6: 2008, my friends want to slick our hair back and go pick up girls and funnel whiskey. That's what they wanted to do in 2008. That's what was going on with with my generation of men. My third eye completely turns on accident My third eye turns on because I was a personal trainer. I was following math formulas. The math formulas led me to how much water to drink. How much water to drink led me to filling up a BPA-free water bottle. Filling up a BPA-free water bottle led me to go to my garage where we had well water, 300 feet from underground. I didn't know what I was doing. I was working on my body. I was being vain. But through this vanity, through this uh, focus on the body, three parts of the mind, body, and soul trinity, My third eye completely turned on. I have actual scarring on the uh, sides of my head, right here, on each side, like Frankenstein bolts.
3: I didn't inspect his head to see if this was true, but yeah,
1: he had on a lot of stuff. He had, like, a headband on and a hoodie kind of, like, over right, his right. head. I mean, he looked—he kind of dressed like a rapper, and his energy was like the Ryan Reynolds of the New Age community.
3: Nazone mm. was also big on the Mandela Effect. Now, for those who aren't familiar, the Mandela Effect is when someone or a group of people vividly remember something that doesn't match historical records. For example, uh, many people are under the false impression that there was a peanut butter brand called Jiffy, and this is not true. There's a brand called Jif, and there's one called Skippy, but Jiffy was never a peanut butter brand. The Mandela Effect was uh, coined by blogger and self-described paranormal researcher Fiona Broom in 2010. She says that she believed at the time that Nelson Mandela had died in prison In the 1980s, he of course had not. Mandela was released from prison in 1990, elected president of South Africa in 1994, and died a free man in 2013. But Broom says that she discovered that many other people were also under this false impression. Now, myself, if I had a misapprehension, if I had some sort of a false idea of what's true, I'd be like, oh, oh, I guess I'm a bit of a dummy. I would just correct the information inside my head. I'd move on with my life. This is what I would do. This is not what she did. She coined the Mandela effect and she claimed that there was some sort of phenomenon where just a group of people have a false idea of something and there's like some sort of significant reason why. Usually this phenomenon is explained by just the quirks of how memory works. People don't have a perfect recall, like retrieving a file from a computer. Sometimes when you recall something, you might gloss over some information or make inferences or use context clues, or you might just believe a false rumor that makes more sense to you than what actually happened and mistakenly believe that this was actually your personal memory rather than just something that you heard. But to Nazone, and apparently to some of our fellow attendees, the Mandela effect is actually something more profound. It's evidence that timelines are shifting. To illustrate his point, Nazon uses the example of another classic Mandela effect. Many people believe that in the Disney film, Snow White, the Wicked Queen says mirror, mirror on the wall, but she does not. She actually says magic mirror on the wall. Now in the original grim fairy tale, uh, the Wicked Queen actually does say mirror, mirror, but in the original animated Disney version, it was always magic mirror on the wall.
6: I know you've seen stuff that, that have been proof to you that this is not real. Whether it's a video game, what this reality is, real itty, it's a little bit real. <laughs> it's a little bit real. It's a soul having a physical experience. But we're going through timeline shifts. We're going through timeline shifts where most of you in this room, I would say at least 99%, remember Snow White being mirror, mirror on the wall. But for some reason, if you go to your mom or dad's house and dig out your big white cassette tape, VHS, Disney tape, it got changed to Magic Mirror, okay? I've proven numerous times, three times, I've proven the existence of the Mandela Effect.
3: As further evidence of this claim, he cites the fact that in the German dub of Disney Snow White, the queen does say, mirror, mirror.
6: If you right now do research, you go into your Google bar and you type in Spiegelin Spiegelin 1938 it's going to pull up Snow White in Germany the German version of Snow White never got changed never got affected by the Mandela effect these people that have been telling us that we're crazy and what we remember is not the truth the direct translation is still mirror mirror Spiegelin Spiegelin an der Wand in Germany never got changed Why did it take over 10 years for me to find this, and why am I the first one to find this after all this time? Like, not a single German person was like, hello, it's mirror, mirror here.
3: I mean, like I said, in the original German Grimm fairy tale version, it was Mirror Mirror. So it's more parsimonious to say that the translator simply made the Queen say Mirror Mirror. So that was more in line with what the German film watching audience already knew and loved, rather than timeline shifting. He also discussed another Mandela effect that involves Star Wars. And we when he started talking about it, he pointed at me in the audience, and he claimed that I seemed more like a Star Trek guy, which is, which is accurate.
6: And accurate. He- I'm a Star Wars nerd, all right? You knew it. You knew he wasn't a Star Trek guy. That's the Star Trek thing, really love you. Oh God, that guy's mad. He's like, I-, I wanna return my bracelet. I love the new generation. Not the anti But anyways.
2: The next generation. Yeah, right, don't love it that much, apparently.
1: Look, we didn't want tr- to draw any more of a scene than, than we already had.
2: Hey, I, I'm a nerd. I love the Star Conflicts movies. Right. This is interesting because uh, he was convinced that um, in the iconic scene
3: in uh, Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader first said, I am your father. But then it changed to, I'm your father with an apostrophe. And then it, here's the interesting part. It changed back, according to him, to, I am your father. And this is untrue. This is only in this head. And when I tried to research this, I learned that this is not something, this is not a common Mandela effect that people talk about. This seems to be particular to him.
2: Yeah.
6: It was I am. It was I am. I spent over four years saying, how does I am become I am? And no one realizes this. No one's talking about this. And now, go Google it. Go look at the original film. It's back to I am. I don't know if some of you heard Exign and you remember that. We've shifted timelines again. It's back to I am. How's that?
3: That's a good thing. So strange to me. It's like it's like he's it seems like he's causing himself a lot of like bizarre, unnecessary stress. This is like a big deal. He's talking about I spent years trying to figure out how this changed when it didn't change. This is all just a weird fiction just inside of his head that's causing a a lot of, uh, you know, troubles
2: for him. Were there crickets in the room at that point? That that seems embarrassing even for this crowd. No. Did you hear at the end? Like, it was like, how is that? There's a woman who whooped.
3: Like, people, I thought that was his mom. I mean, he was like, I, it's like he was one of them. He was definitely like the, he was actually one of the most dynamic. Speakers. Yeah, one of the most dynamic
1: speakers. I he, think I think
3: I think this is, a, again, uh, another case when the point is the vibe. Right. The, the fact that he's he's <laughs> what he's saying is nonsense, but he's speaking so passionately and pointedly and certainly that I felt like he was a little bit more interesting than some of the other people who actually brought up like like historical information. Nazone also talked about how words are spells and how we tend to use passionate words for mundane things. And honestly, if you remove the kind of the woo magic stuff, I think he had a good point about how language is misused.
6: How many people do you know that they're, uh, they're, they're just lost, they're just lost beings and they say, everything's amazing. Ah, amazing. Amazing, this is a word that was designed for, for a, a, a guy to look into his goddess's eyes or something like along the lines of that and say, your eyes are so beautiful, I'm lost in them. They are amazing. When people think that their bagel from Dunkin' Donuts is amazing, they're lost beings, because they're casting a bullshit mantra every single day, numerous times a day. Your words are spells. There's many, many out there that are doing this work with me, deciphering these spells breaking down these words. And when we stop saying just one word that you're casting every day that is not serving you, and you stop, your reality improves.
3: I mean, I mean I'm mean, i on board with this. Like, like, People tend to use words that should be reserved for our loved ones and personal experiences. And instead, they're being used for commercial products and fast food.
2: I'm not surprised that, that you are on board with this old man yells at clouds shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board too.
3: While he was speaking, I also got a sense of the utopian optimism of New Age thinking. Uh, he claimed that the, the purpose of the attendees was to create heaven on earth.
6: Where are the people that thought there was going to be a title? Why did they stop saying it? Where are the people that wanted a zombie apocalypse that we actually started to see in this reality? We saw people smoking these bath salts or whatever, and starting
10: eating. <laughs> <laughs> where are the people that
6: thought there was going to be a zombie apocalypse? Because I would hear it all the time. Where are the people that thought we were going to run out of water? Where are the people that thought a volcano was going to block out the sun? We're, in a different, we're on a different RV. We're in a different Millennium Falcon. We're in a different vehicle. Our vehicle is going towards ascension. Our vehicle is going towards what we actually came here to do, which is to create heaven on
3: earth. Honestly, a lot of his speech was simply not intelligible to me. Just like the description of the bracelet, it was like a jumble of words that didn't actually refer to any coherent concept or idea. I, I'm just not on his vibrational frequency, I don't think, to, in order to like pick up what he's laying down. Matthew
10: Mornian, of School of Multidimensional
3: Intuition.
1: Speaking of vibrational frequency, uh, the second speaker of the day was Matthew Mornian, uh, a multidimensional energy healer. Normally I find this sort of stuff fascinating. I'm very into like string theory and alternate dimensions, that sort of stuff, uh, from a creative standpoint. Uh, But Matthew was a little discombobulated and somewhat all over the place. Uh, Behind him were slides with paragraphs and paragraphs of teeny tiny text. (laughs) My mind began to melt as he spoke of putting his hand inside of somebody's body and healing them in fractal space. One thing that was almost a total constant in all of the speeches was that each talked about being at a place of complete rock bottom before their spiritual awakening. For Alara, it was depression and suicidal thoughts. For Alexander, it was a total disconnect from his friends who wanted to party all the time. They each described themselves being in an incredibly dark place before their, quote, third eye opened. For Matthew, it was struggling with drug addiction.
5: Honestly, I was born into a very addicted, very strange, very dysfunctional, um, just a chaotic, strange family in a chaotic, strange world. And I had to go through this battle of addictions. I had to go through jails, institutions, all of those crazy things that people in the third density society talk about until right around age 38, in which the strange woman put her hands on my head at an outdoor fair. Opened my crown chakra as crazy as it sounds i was never the same after that something changed in my life you know within a couple of weeks maybe a month i started to have visitations i didn't know what they were at the time this was in 2015 I was working as a mental health worker, which is really, you know, it's a really cool thing. At the time, I was working with veterans, and it was an incredible journey. Suddenly, you know, these beings started showing up in my room at night. Um, suddenly, I started to be, the only thing I could do for about two years straight was chi-gong in my backyard. Literally, that was the only thing that I could do. During that two-year process for me, so many things changed. Beings started showing up. Ability started happening. There was days when I would wake up in the morning and I could see the inside of my body, and honestly, it freaked me out. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was going crazy, and what I realized was that there was channels running through every bit of my body, and there was points where I could actually put my fingers on them and touch it and receive a memory, receive an emotion, um, even receive pictures of other people at work that I had been working with days earlier. At that stage of my life, it created insanity. I did not know what to do with it. Um, What I found out after a lot of self work is that I was having what we call a soul raising event. I was going through a very, very rapid awakening process.
2: I have to admit, during that clip, for some reason, my mind retreated into itself, and I was just looking at at your face, Jake, and your face, Travis, and thinking about how age works, thinking of you getting old and passing away, and how. Absolutely devastated, I would be, and then I started to get teary eyed, and then my consciousness kind of shifted me back into the speech. I'm not joking though, you guys better not go anywhere. We ain't
1: going nowhere, okay? So, Matthew went on to say that his awakening culminated in being visited by a large praying mantis, and immediately after this visitation, he decided to end his marriage.
5: I was standing in my backyard, and to my right was a very tall Nordic man, maybe about seven to eight feet tall, to my left was what I believed to just be some sort of a light being, a very, very tall sort of beam. And right in front of me um, was a giant praying mantis. It was the third time I had ever seen those beings. Um, and it was one of the strangest and most emotional experiences of my life. I was told at that moment that I had a mission. It was time to remember. And I knew in that moment that I was gonna leave everything behind really I internalized it in my heart I was like this is it my life is changing something is done and within about five seconds my wife at the time walked outside and I'm leaning down on this grass in my backyard tears streaming down my face
11: and she comes outside she's like
5: what are we gonna have for dinner and I knew in that moment that I was like okay this does no longer suit me So, yeah, about a year later, July 2017, I totally left that behind. Um, And I did. Like I said, I put my stuff on the curb and we drove into a new stage of identity, not knowing where I was going. Literally not knowing where I was
1: going. When Matthew's speech wrapped up, uh, people were asking questions and... I, like you, Julian, I think I was, you know, I was affected by by the speech. I, I sort of got pulled in, and I, I actually did have a question. You see, uh, my partner in my real life uh, suffers from horrible nightmares, uh, nightmares like I've never experienced or heard of. And having exhausted most of the supposed remedies on the normie forums, I decided to go for broke, get my money's worth, and uh, see what advice Matthew could offer. So uh, my partner experiences, like, these vivid nightmares um, every night and continuous as a continuous plot line. What insight would you provide for somebody that's experiencing something like that?
5: I would first look at the quality or the content of what the nightmares or the dreams are, what's actually happening, what the thematic elements are, um, what the setting is, what are the emotional symptoms that occur after that dream. Those are usually the first things that I would look at because honestly, on an everyday basis, for better or worse, I say that all the time, for better or worse. On an everyday basis, I'm working with people on stuff like that right now. And what I've found is some people are kind of going through trauma elements of past lives. Other people are moving into actual other realms and going through a whole other wild bunch of experiences. Um, and so I, I think it's more in, individualized. In your friend's case, if they were looking to relieve or to lessen the intensity of dreams, you could start, and some, some, some people, this is a crazy thing. Uh, you can start closing the crown chakra or what some people call closing the diameter of the crown chakra. It's kind of like making something smaller. Um, for some people that can change the level of manifestations or the involuntary frequencies that they receive. Uh, another place you can work with um, would be a uh, previously mentioned Hindu chakra in the back of the head. If you're wondering how would I work with those places? Um, how would that actually work? I'm going to give you guys a mantra that you can use. It's actually a capsule phrase that we use in our classes. You can, you can use it in your own meditations. You can repeat it. Um, I will just give it to you real quick here. So it goes like this. Abhame. Abhame. So Abame vibrates the third eye, vibrates the do chakra. And I think it also works with the causal chakras, but I have not been able to pinpoint where that vibration goes yet. Um, and so you guys can use that in your own time for people to do meditations, all while able will continue to vibrate the other sharpers, But
2: in In that question, you sound so beautifully wet and pilled
1: my heart was like racing
2: it sounds like you were crying
1: I wasn't crying no I was very nervous I was I had read a book about going undercover uh, beforehand because I I'd, I'd failed so miserably at it before and one of the first yeah. things they say is don't call any attention to yourself and I realized in this moment I was doing just that I was very nervous to be speaking out loud knowing that I was an infiltrator knowing that I was going to use this answer in our show I mean I had a, a whole lot of mixed feelings about the, yeah. the whole thing but I'll, I'll get it I'll get into that a little bit in this next bit because immediately after I asked that question I felt a gentle tap on my shoulder and it was Tyler from Journey to Truth. He was sitting right behind me with Kate Awakening and uh, he whispered to me that I should come and talk to him later that he might be able to help with my partner's nightmare problem. So naturally, uh, I found him after the lunch break, introduced myself, and asked if he had any insight to provide. He was incredibly polite and um, told me he would be uh, with me in just a minute after he ran to the restroom. So he left, uh, leaving me alone in the rotunda with Kate Awakening. I couldn't just stand there in silence. Hey, I'm Jake, by the way. Hi, Kate. Hey, nice, hey to you. nice to meet you. Your speech yesterday was awesome. I even tried to start writing in cursive again. Yeah. But you know what's weird? is I still can't break, I did the capital yeah. A, like I still can't break out of that. I
4: know.
1: It's crazy.
4: Well, you can, it's just is gonna take some practice, but do you journal at all, or?
1: Um, no, not, your dreams. I've had periods on and off where I'll experiment with it, but nothing consistent. Um, my dreams are weird, uh, I usually remember them really well, um, but they're not scary. They're more like kind of like big-budget like sci-fi movies in a weird way That's awesome. where and like I'll even have moments in my dreams Where I'll be like wow the special effects are incredible and it usually has to do with I mean literally like Aliens coming down or like buildings being destroyed. I mean it really feels like I'm watching like Independence Day or something That's like that um, But it's not too you know, it's not too scary yeah. for me
12: yeah. um, that's good but sorry, the, the reason I, well first of all I recommend uh, journaling
4: just yeah. because when you're on a path you can look back you will forget sometimes mm. how far you've come the things you've accomplished and how bad you wanted them there yeah. were things that I wanted to like manifest in my life that I completely forgot that I did and then all of a sudden they're in my life and I yeah. look back and I'm like oh my gosh at one point I that's wanted I that so much and that's a really important exercise to go mm. through but also in the mornings when you are just waking up yeah you're still in that venting stage from dreaming. So yeah. anything that you want to kind of vent out is good to write down in the morning. Yeah. You could light it on fire, you can throw it away, whatever, but just to be in that process of venting out whatever it is you're mm-hmm. trying to overcome or get over, whatever. Yeah. Because you're still in that venting stage. Okay.
1: And and it's like, um, it's still fresh then. like I noticed too that like as the day goes on, it sort of like fades away.
4: Mm. See, I'm the opposite. I can't remember my dreams when I wake up and as the day goes. There will be certain triggers, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I had a dream about Trump, or you know, yeah. whatever it is."
2: Jake, I'm in love with you. I'm leaving my wife, and uh I want you to get married to me. How's my how's my
1: undercover here? I mean, pretty I, chill. I'm pretty yeah, like relaxed, like, and this is on no drugs or anything. Like, I was, I just kind of took the, the the Xanax the the first day, just tiny little piece the first day to kind of work myself in, but this is, you know, this is completely sober, uh, sober Jake.
2: I want to hoist you up into the stars and pin you to one of them so I can better kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> uh, so a couple moments later, Tyler returned
1: and asked me to tell him a little bit about what my partner had been experiencing. And I gotta say, even if they never hear, hear this, to his and Kate's credit, they were really trying to help. They offered some th- thoughtful advice about journaling and some other practical ways to break out of the cycle of nightmares. And to be honest, I was grateful for uh, they were acting in good faith, and I was too. Aside from the fact that I was an undercover skeptic who had infiltrated their family gathering, uh, I feel tremendously guilty about this, and I still do.
2: The dreams were real. That wasn't you. Didn't just write that as a bit.
1: No, no, that's that's real. That's that's real. You know, that's one thing that said it said in my undercover book um, was that you should talk about what you know so that it th- it comes off as believable.
2: Your dreams are '80s action movies.
1: Always. <laughs> or ghost dreams in fact funny story this is a funny this this is a little a little bonus I
2: swear to god what
1: uh, I think it was like the second night or whatever I was having a ghost dream which I, I frequently have and in the dream I was going through an old house and I was checking the different rooms and the house felt haunted and I knew I was gonna see a ghost that's how these dreams go I know that I'm gonna see one it's just kind of a matter of where it's going to be and I get into this one room And there's a little girl kind of like shimmering. I said straight up to her, I said, I said, hello, little girl, as if like to taunt it. And then she started walking towards me like really fast. And I got so scared. And in the dream, I I exclaimed, oh, my God, and kind of woke myself up. And Travis, who's just sitting on the bed across from me, goes, what's the matter? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
1: So it's true. You heard, he heard what? me, like actually, him, kind of like exclaim, he, he like wake up yeah. and
3: talk at the same time. I thought he was saying something to me, but he, apparently, he was just just jolting awake from a nightmare.
2: I don't know what to say. I didn't expect this episode to become the most intimate episode our podcast has ever put out, but I'm on board for it, and
1: I love it. So as I told uh, the pair a little bit more about the details of uh, the dreams. Uh, Tyler offered another theory, uh, that the dreams could potentially be what he called screen memories. And according to him, these are memories that may have been placed in my partner's head by the government or perhaps extraterrestrials to cover up something else, uh, which I found fascinating.
7: Um, There's so many possibilities. It could be a premonition. It could be, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I kind of, that's what I sort of
1: think because it's so repeated and she acquires stuff in the dream, like for example, like one of the things in the dream is, you know, I can't believe I'm like telling you guys all this. It's so weird. It's it feels like right this ground. such like intimate yeah. sort of part of my life. But like um, one of the things is that like there's this like red Corvette, and, or it's like a red convertible that she that she saw, and like it took a couple dreams that she like made the money, saved up, bought this this red convertible and now it's her car like in the dream world like oh, she has so that cool. car and like it's with her every time like i just never it's so crazy like it sounds so, so she, crazy is
7: she, is she lucid dreaming does wow. she have control of what's going on in perfect. these dreams or it's just happening i
1: don't know i mean
7: I don't That's what got me out of it, was one hey, Lucid Dream. Yeah. Because you can control things, you can stop it. You yeah. You can literally rewind fast forward. It's like it's like watching a movie. Like and, in
1: um, Cyberpunk 2077, there's like these things called brain dances. And I mean, in the game, it's like a chip that you can put in your head, but you're sorry. able to like fast forward and look at like different layers of like reality. It's yeah. really, it's it's yeah, kind of yeah. sounds like similar.
7: Lucid Dreaming helped me big time. If she, I, I kind of acquired it naturally. You can develop it i guess yeah videos and stuff but cool that helped me get out of my loop just, yeah because
1: once happy, you i guess like yeah, have once the control, I took control of my
7: dream then i stopped it
1: gosh isn't that like a metaphor for life too
7: yeah yeah that was that was it. that was it for me cool a, and then after that like yeah you have to like can't just do it once
1: yeah is, like, it's got to be a practice
7: practice and protection and like you, you got to take it seriously
1: mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like she's kind of at the point where she's ready to take it seriously yeah. because it's just like I don't want to feel like this anymore, yeah, she you can't know? Yeah, dread
4: going to bed at night.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Xavier Hawk
4: of Fire on.
1: After the break, we went to hear from a man named Xavier Hawk. When we got into the conference room, I noticed a gigantic zoom window was projected onto the presentation screen. A man with a golden coif and chiseled features was in one of the zoom boxes and he appeared to be sitting inside some sort of sauna. Jace, the MC, informed the crowd that Xavier's car had broken down uh, somewhere in the Carolinas and that he would be joining via teleconference. Now, Xavier wears a couple of hats. Uh, he is the founder of Firon Global Technologies, which is some sort of blockchain bank? I'm not exactly
2: sure. This is the blurb from their website. Firon Global Partners, PGP, is a world leader in providing cutting edge blockchain security solutions, guiding governments and corporations into the 21st century with advanced power solutions and blockchain implementation first in the world to architect a basket asset backed stable priced crypto trade reference currency and negotiate a whole state blockchain solution with a sovereign nation pgp continues to support nations and corporate clients in all key areas of emerging tech and blockchain specialization
1: so as far as I can see, this is kind of like uh, sovereign citizens, like, mixed with, like, blockchain, mixed with, you know, decentralized banking. I mean, it's, it's a fucking mess. Uh, Xavier also has a YouTube channel he claims is inspired by Max Headroom, uh, where he breaks down crypto news and politics.
0: Welcome to Baseline, brought to you by Phyron.com. your yeah, yeah. choice is yours. Good morning to everyone except Twitter. I greet you in the light of the infinite creator. This is Baseline. I'm your host, Xavier Hawk. Today is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. We are now in the second moon of the solar year, because it's a new moon. Cycle starts over. The sun is finally basking us in its warm glow again, meaning the plasma stream is right where it should be. And the Schumann Resonance is totally chill, like <laughs> kicking back with a pina colada on the beach. And crypto prices, Bitcoin's down. altcoins are up. Bitcoin's at 34 $4,744, Litecoin's at $138.77, and XRP is at 30 cents. In U.S. news, well, Vice President Pence sent a self-righteous and condescending letter full of passive-aggressive innuendos to Miss Nancy Truella Pelosi. Basically, it said the following. I am such a good, God-fearing Christian. I'm better than you. And I won't support your use of the 25th Amendment. Oh, and I'm better than you. I didn't use my power as Vice President to overturn the election. See, I'm better than you. Oh, help me, God. Still better than you. He also said Trump's gonna transition, not sexually, to the Biden administration. So did the letter of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Curious, eh? Meanwhile, meanwhile, everyone's interpreting every f**ing little thing that Trump and his merry band of Avengers do. Trump at the Alamo? He must be making his last stand. DC a lockdown? It's a sign. Pompeo tweeting every 17 minutes? Trust the plan. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, what's up? No, not you. Come on, get it together, people. Stay calm. It's okay. Not the end of the world. It's the beginning.
2: Try Travis, what do you think of his uh, presentation style? Oh, he's so fucking obnoxious. I was familiar with this character.
3: It was really bizarre hearing him speak because, like, like wait a minute, you can sort you can speak coherently. Instead, you you put on this. I he, he calls it an English accent. I don't know what the fuck it was, honestly.
1: The way Xavier told it, Firon offers instantaneous transactions and users who store their crypto with him get to vote at the end of the year what to do with the excess money the company makes. So essentially, a QAnon crypto bank where users can pitch to the community what kind of business or asset that they want to create. And then Firon will use the company's profits to fund the most upvoted ideas, essentially. Uh, He built it as a way for users to completely disconnect from the mainstream financial system and create a community that is 100% self-sufficient. However, uh, when an audience member asked him what the next step would be for somebody who's interested, he seemed to suggest that they plan for the apocalypse. What is the recommended action step
11: if we're on board with this idea, what do we do? Okay, she said, what is the recommended action step if we're on board with this idea, what do we do next as individuals watching this? Okay, a couple things. Figure out in your local
6: community... Who produces food? Who produces water? Who has clean water? Who has what
0: skills? And, and and become friends with them. Put your phones away
5: and then have a meeting. Right. Put your phones in the car. Go meet somewhere
0: and then have conversations together about what you think is going on, what you think are a great solutions, and then also start preparing for what it would be like to be without electricity uh, for a good long period of time. What it would be like to. Uh, not find out what's going on around the world at any given moment and just be prepared for that emotionally mentally and with your community second learn as many skills as you can to be helpful to your community real-world stuff herbalism uh, medicine I'm a, I'm a wilderness emt i am a ham radio operator CERT uh responder you know so there's a lot of value that i can bring if everything goes back i took a lot of survival training like Preparing for the worst.
1: Planning for the best. Now, the final speaker of the second day, really the dessert, or in my case, my own personal hell.
2: Wait, Uh, this was a three-day event?
1: Yeah, there's a whole other day.
2: You know this is just a number on a website for me over here in Paris, right? Yeah. And we got in the night before
1: so that we could be there, because it was an eight-hour drive out to Arizona. So we left Thursday... Did all three days and then at the end of a full day of the event drove back eight hours to Los Angeles. So would it be fair to say that I've
2: thoroughly disrupted your lives? Yes. yes. It would be. That yeah, would be fair.
1: Travis S- slept <laughs> here. I slept <laughs> in your here bed, Julie. last what? night. Actually, slept in your bed yeah, last yeah. night because mm-hmm. we got in at, yeah. like, what, two in the morning? Yes, right. Guys, about about we, two or...
2: Guys, this is literally an episode about us all becoming the same person. Like, we live in a kibbutz <laughs> now. We're in love.
1: <laughs> Maybe for you, Travis and I are filled with rage and remorse. Um, That's what marriage is
2: like, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Rion
4: Rouen of Team Light.
1: The final speaker of Day 2 was a man named Rion Rouen of Team Light. He stormed the stage, pacing back and forth, and even had his own entrance music playing behind him. He was the only speaker to do so. Rion was wearing an oversized trucker cap with the words Team Light written on the front, and an iridescent blazer that changed colors depending on how the light hit it. I mean, he basically looked like the car from, uh, Swordfish. Since it will be near impossible to try and remember what his specialty was, I'm just going to read you the blurb uh, from his website. Founder of the Unite Collective, Etheric Tech, and Team Light, Rian has been working as a planetary guardian since his DNA activation in 2009. Upon receiving his genetic upgrades, he was granted the ability to communicate with higher selves and interdimensional beings. His third eye is fully operational, which allows him to see beyond the veil of 3D reality. With these gifts and his mission set, he spent six years traveling the globe, activating, gridding, and clearing dozens of sacred sites, including Easter Island, Machu Picchu, Chichen Itza, the Pyramids of Giza, Tiwanaku, and many, many more. Rion was loud, aggressive, brash, and spoke with the swagger of a thousand Manhattan beach bros stacked on top of one another, reaching all the way up into the stratosphere. (laughs) Naturally, I disliked him very much. Rion opened with a bang, commanding all the audience members who knew who he was to fill the seats in the front as he was going to hit them with some powerful chi. He then asked what star system everyone was from.
12: Fantastic!
7: Okay, for all my friends
12: and family that are here. You guys ready to get some? Let's get, let's get it. All right, let's get it, let's get it. Okay, what up everyone on Earth? Everyone on Earth, check it, you might not know me, but you're about to. Okay, so raise your hands, uh, can you remember your dreams real quick? We're we'll gonna do this real fast, boom. Yeah. Raise your hands if you're an angelic or a starseed. Beautiful. All right, how many Arcturians in the room? Woof, woof. What whoa, woo, Lyrans in the room? Palladians in the room, okay, any Syrians in the room, beautiful, Any did I say parents? I'm going to say again, Lyrans in the room, okay, any of my homies from Orion in the room, okay, love you, any of my uh, fellow shot callers in the room, all right, all right, there we go. Well, my name is Rio, it's an absolute pleasure being with you guys here today. If you don't know me, uh, I woke up in 2009. Okay, my third eye came on. I didn't get this slow uh, rise and shine that most people do. Hi, I'm Sananda. Check out my sandals and some ambrosia and some rose quartz. Now, I had an 8 foot Anunnaki in an admiral's outfit uh, in my den in Manhattan Beach, California in 2009 who said, get up, dummy, you're, you're late. Okay. My third eye came on eight foot Anunnaki in the den in the Admiral's outfit and going, you're late, wake up. It was time to go to work, okay? For all of us who had similar higher self show, give me a raise of hands. Okay, for you guys that haven't experienced this, check this out. We're really, really, really old. The thing I can say now that's pretty cool to share with you guys is this. Your wisdom is gonna start vibrating through yourselves so much to a point where your actual your soul begins to speak to your body, not you controlling your body. Your soul begins to take the governance of your energy field. Your energy field then begins to flux and change everything in the holographic matrix around you.
1: Even now, I'm trying to figure out which movie character or celebrity Rion sounds like. The closest I think I, I, I can get to is um, Jack Black's character in School of Rock. He then did something that I found incredibly rude. Uh, he talked about the new people in the audience, like we weren't there. Rian seemed to really be playing to his fans in the front of the audience, kind of a uh, not so humble bragging about his power.
12: What should we talk about? Should we crush some things? Should we teach some things? I don't know. Tell me, I want the crushy, but there's new people here. Want you, to you want the crushy? Yeah. Crushy or yeah. over here? We got two new guys. Hi. Crushy or slow as we go? Crush it. Crush it. Okay, so check it. Everyone in the world's like, no, just crush this. Shit. Okay. So, like, I don't want that slow. We, we can watch old videos, guys. Let's crush. Okay, so check it. Multi dimensional t- com- uh, template. You guys can go watch old videos. i will put it up there for you. But this is what I need you to understand about everything that's happening in time right now. Since you have multiple timelines adjusting, okay? You have different skill sets and choice points that are taking place on Earth right now. So what I'm trying to express to you. Oh, and by the way, if you're new, whoa, where's the video? It's glitching. Hold on. Okay. Before well, you guys don't know who I am, these are all the world activations I've done around the planet for the last 12 years. So you guys can check that out.
1: Rian then conveyed to the audience that the most negative timeline that the Earth was facing had dropped off.
12: So, timeline adjustments. So we have, I told you, if you guys watch my morning coffee, in one of the last videos I did, I said that one of the most negative timelines dropped off, and it did. Okay? That timeline no longer exists. Okay? My brother touched on that briefly, but the main point about the lower timeline of that negative frequency, that AI nerd Shiza, ain't happy. Okay? We and these guys and these groups and everyone in this room you can understand that there are very, very powerful guardians that guard this planet. Okay? Gotta be completely real with you. We're not alone. We've never been alone. I should tell you guys some jokes, and my third eye came on for the first time. And you think you're having a private moment. Let me tell you, it's not private at all. Okay. You're, you know, Moving on. So what I'm trying to say, <laughs> fill in the blank, you're, not, you're never alone ever, okay? I know you used all the conditioner and no shampoo, but listen, everyone's watching you. <laughs> so, moving on.
1: So the crowd really loved this joke about galactic beings watching you masturbate. Uh, also, <laughs> apparently, uh, with the election of Joe Biden, the most negative timeline has dropped off. I mean... I don't disagree. (laughs) Uh, Rion continues to pump up the audience, telling us we're all superheroes and future world leaders.
12: Some of the comedy thing I want to share with you guys is this. My job is to make this transition for you guys as graceful as possible as you shift into faster timelines, okay? That's what we do for each other. Why would I make my journey? I went and fetched all my soul pieces from around this planet. It took me 10 and a half years, okay? We put back Humpty Dumpty back together again in one incarnation. Had to deal with a bunch of really strange beings, large beings, old beings on this planet. To be here right now talking to you going, hey, check it, this is how you do it. Hey, check it. I want to copy and paste my consciousness through this room and give you guys that handoff. Because here's the deal. i said this many times and I'll say it again. Everyone who steps forward foot in front of me in my life right now with my higher selves, you guys are all world leaders, or you would not be here. I know it's strange to think about like check, check this out, you guys want to have fun? Look at your little 3D avatars right here. Every single one of you is a superhero upstairs. Every single one of you, one more time, is a superhero, the strongest of your bloodline walking the earth right now. The only separation is I don't know who I am. I got wiped when I got here. That's it. My mommy and daddy never told me who I really was because they don't know. That's the only difference. When you actually understand the power of creator, which pounds in your chest, and the amount of access you have to the universe to call in assistance, this whole game would be too easy. Okay, We're talking about beings that can grab dudes through dimensions. People don't talk about this. People disappear all the time. Okay? I am one of those guys that sits behind the scenes when we do certain activations. My skill set is old battlefields. That's how I was taught. I was taught to go to old battlefields around this planet and clean it up. Open a door, close a door, remove some jackasses, free some souls. Did it for 12 years. Okay. When I sh- showed up in your country and you're a bad dude, I'm the last guy you ever want to see. Because if they actually get me out of my house in Sedona to come to your little neck of the woods, it's already too late. Okay? Real talk. What I'm trying to express to you is each of us have a different job on this team. Correct? Each of us have a specific skill set we're supposed to share with the world. Understand? We're not all the same, but I'm here to tell you we're one of the strongest teams in the entire universe. So put your hands together for being here right now.
2: What do you make of that, Julian? I just realized when you said, what do you think, Julian? Like That was like I was in the back of the classroom and you just woke me back up and I have to look at the math problem and answer something about it. That's how I feel. Honestly, you 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 got the experience because that's exactly how it was when you were yeah.
3: when I was in the room. Like these people, they were just <laughs> babbling about things that just did not words that did not connect to anything concrete, and my mind would just drifted outside of the room. What a fucking
2: asshole! Like he, he's not even.
3: Yeah,
1: I I wrote down, like, the the, the absolute balls on this guy to claim that just by interacting with him, you will become a world leader. And then the whole clearing old battlefields thing. I mean, look. Don't get me wrong, I think that this is good lore. I don't love the sort of overly macho delivery, uh, but the idea that a powerful shaman has to go clear out bad juju at like Gettysburg and shit is kind of cool. In fact, I wish he had gone further. Who exactly are the entities that he's threatening? Are they bad aliens? Are they ghosts? Are they demons? Like, if I were to watch Rion at work, what would it look like? Would it just be a guy in a field shaking his fists? I mean, I don't know. I would have loved to understand his process a little bit more. But how did Rion become such a powerful Ghostbuster? His awakening story was one of the more outlandish ones. Uh, he claims that he was just chilling in his Manhattan Beach den uh, when he was visited by all of the versions of his higher selves at once. Uh, apparently, one of them was so hot, he wanted to fuck himself. <laughs>
12: <laughs> What's gonna happen is you think it's rad the first time you see an ET or a... Could be an orb floating in the room. Or if your third eye is on, you actually you will see the dude in robes, of the lady, in a, in a jumpsuit. My pladian my, my came in like a red white flight suit, and I was like, oh my god. Funny story. You guys will laugh. Um, when I first saw my pladian, I thought she was my twin flame. I thought I had hit the jackpot. I'm like, in Los Angeles, Manhattan Beach, California. And check it out. I'm on the couch. Here's the slider. All my higher came in one at a time. Here comes my 40. Sup? 5D comes through the door. It looks like E-Man in flip-flops. Bro, what's up, dude? You okay? It goes through the whole thing, gets to my second my, my she's on my, at 70 at the time. Comes my palladium. Just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. <laughs> what's up, what's up, cutie? And I was like, oh my God, they don't even have that symmetry on this planet, in this dimension. What is happening? And I go, and I ask, everyone's there, and they, 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 what happens when you speak to your higher selves when your third eye's on, you actually see rings. So you see a big, imagine a, butt, a bunch of sidewalks. Okay, there's one ring here, go up another, you know, 30 feet, another ring, what happens is they all kind of stand on the rings and look down on me like this. So I'm sitting there going, are you, my, are you my twin flame? And all my higher selves just bust up laughing at the same time. Like, talk about self-love. I was so attracted to myself, I thought I'd hit the jackpot. I'm like, yes! Yes! I did it. Are you coming to get me? I'm awake. Come get me. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's your that's you. I was like, and I was like, uh, well, that's pretty much the hottest thing I've ever seen. So I don't know. I guess I'm doing him good upstairs.
1: This man is literally my worst nightmare.
2: <laughs> this is this man defines what brings us three together.
1: Yes, I have been bullied by this man. My entire life.
2: <laughs> Throughout my life, I
3: have developed coping mechanisms for handling this exact situation. As a consequence, <laughs> I was in my inner sanctum far away from him. I was <laughs>
1: traumatized, uh, hanging on every word, uh, seeing how he was going to abuse his one of
2: his followers in the, in the front row. I probably at this point would have disrupted this entire thing <laughs> in some way.
1: We were so fucking demoralized after this day after the two Manhattan Beach Wizards um, that I convinced <laughs> Travis uh, to drive 30 minutes out of Sedona to go to one of the saddest casinos that I've ever I've ever visited in my entire <laughs> life.
3: Um, yeah, well first we had dinner. We right is like we uh, had the had the I had a casino prime rib which was yeah, yeah it, it was was worth worth every penny. I'll say that
1: it was a 16 ounce uh, prime rib for $16, and the you know the lady you know the lady who sat us we were talking about the weather and shit, and I was just kind of happy to be out of the convention. She was like, "Oh, I've been praying for rain." And I'm like, "Oh my God, everybody here is fucking pilled," and she's like, "Oh, the prime rib. That's really what the oh, that's the special, and it's oh, I, it's fantastic." So Travis got the prime rib. I just got some barbecue ribs, microwaved. Um, <laughs> the the food was was awful. Yeah. Um, and then and then th- us two sad, <laughs> broken creatures each pulled out sixty dollars of, of our own money, and we sat at two slot machines. Me the me the the sort of veteran gambler, and uh, Travis uh, who did not even want to put. $20 into a machine because no. he understands
3: how casinos work. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um. No, no yeah, he got me playing uh, a casino game called Golden Pumpkin. Like these <laughs> slot machines, as far as I work, you just put money in them and you just press buttons until the money's yeah. gone. Travis, did he tell you he had a system? No, he... he well, he, he, said, he said, he said, like, you know, find a machine that calls out to you. We were, like, yes. we were, like, pacing the floor looking yes. f- looking for a machine. I was looking Absolutely, for kino machines
1: yeah. but they like didn't have they didn't have the video kino so we settled on two machines i it, mine was the uh, dragon slot machine and of course and yeah travis sat down at the golden pumpkin i start pu- i we each put in twenty dollars uh, within 10 minutes i've gone through all sixty dollars yeah I've right won- his,
3: his money was just gone <laughs> like in like in a couple minutes all 60 bucks meanwhile i put in 20 bucks and like i kept Like all it is is just pressing a button over and over again. I was twenty bucks up at one point.
1: Travis hit like three bonus games in a row. The skeptic, the skeptic who didn't want to be there hit like three bonus games. He was up to like sixty dollars at one point, I think, at the after after your first jackpot. And then he played it all the way back down, lost his twenty bucks, and we left. It was very depressing.
2: But but Travis Jake told you to to approach the game that called to you the most, and what was the name of the game that you approached? (laughs) The Golden Pumpkin. So, explain could you explain or
3: <laughs> yeah it was right next to the one that jake was drawn to that's, yeah that's, yeah, exactly. that's why I'd be like oh whatever you're sitting here i guess i'll just put my money in this he one then. listen you
1: couldn't even he smoke inside one it was just i was like i was reaching for anything like after this day and knowing that the next day it was going to be like a full day of of, of more of this shit and then an eight hour drive on top of it so i was already like my brain was just like falling out of its falling out of its crevasse
2: Yeah. You know what I just realized? You're both my James Bonds and I'm your Q. <laughs> just yeah. back here at headquarters taking care of gear or whatever. Man,
1: things aren't nearly as glamorous as in the movies. Like we had a shitty meal <laughs> and like, you know, played some like yeah. sad slots. Um, yeah,
2: no, there was no Mads Mikkelsen crying blood. Listen, I don't I don't remember the the, the the James
3: Bond scene where he s- he he shared a room with with queen beds with a with the like middle aged Jew. I yeah, don't remember a middle-aged this middle
1: aged Jew who has nightmares. <laughs> day three. When we arrived for the third day, we were feeling fairly confident. We had not been made. We had already gathered ten plus hours of content. We got to the venue early, uh, hoping to get some energy readings or crystal clearings or uh, ice baths. But all the appointments were booked up, and Troy Casey was not offering the ice baths, uh, much to Travis's chagrin. I found myself in the foyer of the conference room talking with Jace about other festivals I had attended and how this was the best one. (laughs) Um, Oh, Jake. (laughs) We somehow got on the topic of Coachella, and I recounted the time that I had seen the Tupac Shakur hologram right then... Tyler and Kate Awakening walked through the doors. Uh, we had bonded a little over dreams the previous day, and so I just sort of ended up hanging out with my new friends, talking holograms. We're talking about, we're talking about holograms. Talking about the... Hey, what's going How on, man? Right. Talk it? Good. Uh, we were talk, talking about Coachella oh, and yeah. uh, the Tupac hologram.
5: Oh, and then yeah. I was, there, I was
1: there for the Tupac hologram, and it was like... I was telling Jace, it was like a wild experience because a lot of people, like especially the people I was with, we didn't know if it, we'd never seen that kind of tech before, so we didn't know that it wasn't real at first. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Wait! Like, has he been alive this whole time and like waited for Coachella for his comeback and all of this stuff?" And he still
5: looks twenty-something years old. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and to see like Snoop and Dre kind of interacting with him on stage because they had programmed it so that he would interact with them, so he was a real yes. like mind bender. What
4: <laughs> I want to know is how did they take a two? Obviously, supposedly they didn't have that technology while he was alive. So right. how did they take a two D version of him and turn it into a hologram? Yeah, I I, think th- what I really was think. A clone. Unless it was a clone. Unless, or it, unless was it was
5: a clone. Still alive and they it like <laughs> it like, looked so real. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, Jake. I don't even know. You, you've created, this, this is like a Christopher Guest uh, <laughs> role. Like you, You're incredible. You, you've nailed it. Remember when you were shuffling away and we recorded I know, your I really, this this. You've book, changed so much. This you book know. that I
1: read on going undercover like really sort of gave me a little bit of confidence, I guess.
2: That's beautiful, yeah.
1: It wasn't a book, I'm lying. It was a PDF that I found online. Obviously. (laughs) We had a couple minutes before the speeches started, uh, so I retreated to a tiny ashtray I had found to hit my vape a couple times and lay low. Uh, While I was there, I was approached by an older guy with long gray hair. (laughs) He was holding a large piece of rock.
11: Yo, yo. Need to call anybody long
8: distance?
1: No. You sure? What do you got?
9: Ah, Interstellar telephone. No way. <laughs> Have it with both hands. Whoa!
1: You can feel the energy in it. Fuck yeah! Where the fuck did you find this, man? That's what I do. Finds me. It finds you. That's weird, man. It's heavy but light. <laughs>
11: you have any idea what you're looking at? No. This is some serious stuff.
9: You want this, people talk about, you You got Discovery. Yeah. Or what do they call that shit? Yeah. ETs. Like oh, yeah,
8: that. yeah, yeah.
9: There's so much. There's a
11: fucking head E.T. Oh, wow. It's all over here. This is the... I A big nebula for going up 1066 what do you have
0: there yes.
1: cell phone yeah <laughs> uh-huh. it's yeah. crazy it's like it feels like heavy but like light at the same time As I've never held anything like that it's crazy <laughs>
10: That's so rad. The
3: inscriptions
9: are it too yeah inscriptions are more than that
11: yeah that is man beast this is what they came down here and docked with our simian pre-hominoids. Yeah. tells you they come in here, they change our DNA, blended our asses, cooked us. Oh the um uh, um
9: <clears throat> Zachariah Stitchens, the Panodac stuff.
11: Zachariah Stitchens is a pile of horse hockey. Right. He's a set Right. He he's poor, he was a point man to misdirect from years ago. Right. Yeah.
9: I'll mm.
7: I i
11: want to continue this
7: conversation. It's interesting.
9: Don't believe what you hear, even even for most of the
0: talking heads.
1: So this guy was somewhat of an outsider. He did he he had a badge on, like he was part of sort of the event staff, but he never spoke, and he kind of like hung around on the outside, showing people various uh, sort of um, these intricate uh, carved um, gemstones and stuff.
3: Alexis of Ascension Diaries. The first speaker on day three was one of the cool organizers of the event, who goes by Alexis. And she mostly talked about Schumann resonances. Now, these are actual geological phenomena. Wikipedia tells me that Schumann resonances are a set of spectrum peaks in the extremely low frequency portion of the Earth's electromagnetic field spectrum. These global electric resonances are generated and excited by lightning discharges. And according to NASA, this resonance provides a useful tool to analyze Earth's weather, its electric environment, and to even help determine what types of atoms and molecules exist in the Earth's atmosphere. Now, some in the New Age community associate the Schumann frequencies with different types of brainwave states. Uh, Some have gone as far as to relate the frequency of 7.83 hertz to hypnosis, suggestibility, meditation, and an increase in human growth hormones.
2: However, there's no scientific validity to any of this. I mean, it's not... Wait, so you can just play music to a certain frequency and get buff well yeah it's, it, it fucking stack like they're they're just become a big they're, boy they're, they're, they're measuring like actual sort of like
3: electromagnetic uh sort of like activity in the atmosphere and saying that this relates to our consciousness and our awakening i i, I again i disassociated during mo- most of her talk she yeah. was like it was a lot of charts it was real dull so i'm not going to talk a lot about it
1: yeah this was like a, a, a like an undergrad uh, who had studied psychology and then kind of got like pilled looking at weather charts, es- essentially. Her friends would text her and be like, oh, I'm really anxious today. And like she would check like the solar flare chart. And so people, you know, would ask her about alien. They'd be like, oh, well, I, you know, I from my understanding, like alien crafts will like shield us and they'll kind of like watch out for the planet and they'll suck up the energy of... Of you know these solar flares to make them less radioactive and affect human beings less, and she would be like, "That's yeah, that's very possible." So they're they're all kind of down to, you know, even when they're contradicting each other, they're they're you know, it's yes and.
3: Yes, yeah, a community improv project, eternal baking. Zach Hammond. Zen God. Zen God.
1: The second speaker of the day was Zach Hammond, otherwise known as the Zen God. Zach arrived with an entourage of extremely tall white dudes with shaved heads and lots of tattoos, and I immediately got bad vibes from them. They, like, sat in the front, and they were, like, kind of heckling the other speakers a little bit, and Zach looked like your average bro. You know, ball cap, open flannel shirt, sneakers... He took to the stage, plugged in his laptop, and projected his presentation onto the large projector screen. The first slide read, Hell, my name is Zach. Uh, A glaring typo on the first slide. Uh, This was not going to be good.
2: Wait, instead of hello? (laughs) Yeah, he
1: just said it. And he didn't even address it. He just was like, As you can see, uh, I'm Zach. (laughs) <laughs> he looked his God, PowerPoint God presentation. Kidding me, <laughs> he looked man. like he had spent like. hell
2: my name is Zach. This was
1: like this is like the kind of like popular kid who like came in underprepared, yeah, but is like kind yeah. of po- like is popular, so like he can kind of get away with it, and like it, it's kind of funny to the rest of the class that it's like low effort or whatever.
2: Yeah, he's Ferris popular.
1: Yeah, but not nearly as charming as as you'll hear in the in the one clip that I pulled because a lot of it's kind of rambly. Zach's second slide was a false quote attributed to the Rothschild, so also not good. Now, this by far was the most Q-heavy presentation. Uh, even though Zach was mostly there to talk about crypto, XRP specifically, he claimed that his current path had started with QAnon.
7: Super excited here today. I'm gonna talk
9: about. Um, there goes my name, Sam, I'm um, gonna talk about the quantum financial system. I'm gonna talk about the Great Reset, Great Awakening. I've, I've been a researcher for the past. 12, 15 years researching everything that's just happening in the current, current events and uh, came to a lot of really cool conclusions. And uh, a lot of people find a lot of peace when they come across my information online about what's happening with the Great Awakening, what's happening with the Great Reset, but most importantly, uh, the quantum financial system. There's A lot of people online that say things like uh, the quantum financial system.
1: You get the picture. I mean, this is just like a a crypto bro that is like also pilled on QAnon uh, and that essentially the sort of great awakening also has these financial components to it. And how does like a young bro who like wants to create wins, um, as he says, uh, capitalize on it? He rambles on and on about the New World Order, quantum finance, the Great Reset, Nasara, Essentially, this idea that cryptocurrency is the new Iraqi dinar, and that when Trump flips the switch, XRP's value will skyrocket, and all the holders will become the new billionaires and reclaim the financial system. I do not understand how this guy is an influencer with a full-on entourage. He has no charisma. He doesn't even really sound like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to (laughs) cryptocurrency. But he did allude to the idea that he made a lot of money in the Bitcoin boom. This was One thing interesting is his speech was really short. It was like, about 15 minutes, and then he opened the floor to questions. And it was the one time that there was pushback from somebody in the crowd about something that a speaker had said. Uh, there was this one guy who was behind me and Travis who like kept raising his hand and being like, "Well, wait a minute! Like the quant, like quant, and like the quantum finance, like that just sounds like another thing that like the elites can like take control of. Like, you know, like what do you say to that?" And he he didn't really have a great answer. I mean, it was you know I th- I felt like I was in between the war of like two crypto guys and like the guy behind us like maybe probably could have given a, a, a better speech
3: it was surprising that uh, yeah that anyone pushed back on it you know, it was like there's like how wait how is this poss- how can this possibly be decentralized and yeah he did seem to be caught off guard by the fact because yeah normally at these events I feel like the unspoken rule is that there are no bad ideas don't push back don't be skeptical and then all of a sudden he's giving just the teeniest bit of like oh wait a minute, isn't this something else that the elites can hijack and use it for their own purposes?
1: The proper answer would have been something like, oh, well, we'll control the financial system. So like we'll outweigh, you know, the the elite and like it'll be our control. There would have been a simple answer that probably would have satisfied the guy. Uh, but he was like, I don't know. You never know about these things. Like, I don't know. Like, Somebody asked, like, if it was a good time to buy into XRP, and he was like, uh, does it feel good for you? Like, if it feels like a good time for you, like, I bought some. Like, it, it, it honestly was like a, a, a walking persona of, like, Walls, like a comment in wall street bets with like an another like comment from like the you know the cotton before the storm subreddit just just like a reddit a reddit chan creature that had like you know uh, cobbled itself together out of like old posts and like manifested itself in 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 our third
3: dimension
10: Jonathan White of Sexual Kung Fu
3: Jonathan White of Sexual Kung Fu now he was all all just about mastering your sexual energy which mostly consisted of breathing exercises Exercises and not watching porn and semen retention. Honestly, I th- I found him to be one of the the least uh, problematic speakers of the day. He, I mean, he integrated some some woo woo stuff like 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 chakra alignment or whatever. But I I don't think there's a no q to QAnon pipeline. So I can't say like like his sort of general uh, philosophy or content was that objectionable. Like you know.
2: It's it's more of an overlap yeah than a pipeline.
3: I, yeah, it's maybe it's the overlap. I was like honestly honestly I, I'm more worried about incels than people who are who are thinking about how to uh, uh come harder. Then uh so so all of all all in all, I think that is yeah, that I, you, you take him out of this environment to be like he's fine. I mean the the only problem is that he's sort of integrating here. With, with the weird QAnon crypto five D uh sort of crowd.
1: I, I will admit that there were a couple times during this during this speech where I reverted back to like a junior high kid, like in sex ed class and like found myself kind of like chuckling, like, you know, almost having to stifle a laugh at some time while he was talking about, you know, penis and vagina. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I literally like melted into like a, a, a you know, a premature sort of uh, adolescent boy.
2: Sometimes Troy Casey calls the penis the
1: bulanda. <laughs> Well, speaking of Troy Casey, I mean he was the dessert.
3: Yeah, uh, he, honestly, he was he was the highlight of the event. I know he believes some deranged stuff. I understand that. But but in the moment, we all, he he had us all put our chairs away, which was a delight cuz we had been sitting all goddamn day and he encouraged us to like, you know, to shake out our bodies and and move and sort of like sway back and forth. And he he sort of guided us through these these, these breathing exercises, and you know what? It was very refreshing after being on my asshole goddamn day.
2: Especially because we were about to get into a car for eight hours. He is one of the more fascinating figures at the intersection of QAnon and the New Age. Uh, he, he is pro-QAnon, by the way, and does support Trump. And is very divorced and anti feminism. All of that's all of that's very very bad. But at the
3: moment, with with I needed a stretch. Yeah. And then and also he like like you know he took it he took his shirt off. Yeah, he looks amazing for for. He 50. looks amazing. Yeah, it's like and then and then uh, it's like a schlub. So it's like oh damn that guy that guy. I mean he's very charismatic.
2: I know he had he also pitched his uh, his weird uh, ML, MLM thing. Did you want to do like a synchronized thing where both of your lips puckered and then? each of you attached to one of his nipples <laughs> shut
3: the fuck up no Julian. no I but will, i i will you tell are you so fucking lucky you're an ocean away from me right yeah now. i know
1: <laughs> he's gonna reach through the computer he's gonna reach through uh this dimension and pull you out of paris and beat you up in the fucking <laughs> fractal space the funny thing is is before he actually his speech got started Julian had like you know had sent us to, to go get a book and so I was I was at their booth like talking to him and I was talking to his assistant about their sort of like health program there was a funny moment where he he actually offered me some of the, the juice
2: the, the liquid sunshine
1: and at first I was like sure uh, but then I started to worry like I've got to be in a car and I actually asked him uh, if it would uh, make my stomach upset and I have that clip for you cool stuff yeah, I got to I gotta really start Did doing it. Did you want to try some? Huh? Some of the juice? the yeah, sure.
7: CIA.
10: Yeah.
1: Actually, you know what? I have a question. Because yeah. I have got to literally after this, we're dri- I got to drive back to yeah. California. So if it's going to like pull stuff through, maybe I shouldn't just in case. Uh,
5: I don't think. You don't think? I don't think it would be an issue. Okay. It's, it's just nutrition. I mean, it's, okay, yeah, it's I'm not, down like, to try uh, it. It's
1: not kind of you out your yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to be, like, no, on the road and have, like, diarrhea or something,
2: you know? Humbled in front of you all. <laughs> Literally the most Semitic moment of your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually got a chance to talk with Troy himself. I was asking him a little bit about how he started the business, and I told him that you were a mm-hmm. fan, and he
2: didn't start the business. Purium is an MLM. It's started by another guy and a woman. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I gotta say though, the juice tasted
1: great and like I felt good afterward. Yeah. It didn't like fuck up my stomach at all. Like, oh no no no! And I they're, was... they're
2: grifters, and it's definitely a multi-level marketing scheme, a pyramid scheme. But they also do care about being feeling good and being healthy.
1: No, I had no problem with juice, but it was really It ended up being fine. But while I was talking to Troy, he had a big thermos up, and he's like, Here, let me top you off, brother. Like, and he kept pouring the juice, and I'm like, oh Oh, man, like I'm just gonna like shit myself like for this show. (laughs) Like this is gonna I just kept drinking the juice. (laughs) And like I did the dumb thing that I was worried about because my only real fear in going into this event was that I was gonna get dosed with something that I like didn't want to, so they could be like, now you'll see the aliens. Like I was even hesitant about doing the readings because I Like, I don't want these guys to, like, put a crystal near my brain and then send me home and now I'm seeing, like, eight-foot Anunnaki's. Like, I'm worried about that shit. So, but of course, yeah, when... when the tiniest amount of pressure i was like oh yeah i'll drink like three glasses of your juice <laughs> like i'll 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 die right here but what was interesting is i was you know talking with uh, troy about the the entertainment industry and i learned that he had uh, had his own sort of start in in hollywood i think people are desperate for a way to well
10: look at reality tv so when i started as an actor in hollywood 25 years ago Everybody poo-pooed right. reality TV. That's not acting, and this and that. Okay, that's fine, but it replaced television uh, programming by I think 75 percent of yeah, almost of, completely. It's reality right now, so and people are hungry for that voyeuristic thing. The thing is, is mm-hmm. reality is not reality. It's all. Uh, uh, but it loosely scripted yeah. manipulation yeah. I auditioned for Survivor because uh, I was pitching my own show yeah. and I wanted to be in the room with the president of CBS and right. Mark Burnett
11: uh, and I went through there
10: and it was so depressing because they treated me like shit and then they were psychologically fucking. Of course. They had me in one room and the other room. Oh, that's psych- real, man. Psychologists. Yeah. And then they're like, well, what's your strategy going to be on? You know?" Oh, that's not going to work. That's stupid. Okay. Producers aren't going to like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the end of the day, by the time I finally got in there, the producers started razzing me too. Yeah. And they're like, nobody cares about your hippie save the world bullshit. And I was just like, okay, because I just posted a video and it's fucking crushing it right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. And and, uh, I told that to the psychologist, and she goes, Well, you won't be able to leave. You'll be on a stranded island. You'll have to stay on set. Blah blah. And I said, No, I'm leaving now. I said, What's the percentage of people wanting to be on TV and leaving? Because we were in a sequestered uh, casting, so we were put in a hotel room and the whole nine. Wild. And uh, no one at my level ever opted out. And uh, I was just like, wow, I'm not going to be manipulated.
1: So this is a very real story that that Troy is talking about that I've encountered a, a lot in Hollywood where, the, you know, the executives in a way do wage psychological warfare uh, on the people who are either pitching them shows or coming in to be contestants. And I think that this is another example of how the disillusionment uh, with Hollywood and how gate kept uh, the the sort of that enter, that that industry is can both traumatize somebody uh, and radicalize them, you know, in the same in the same breath. I know we see it a lot. You see a lot of sort of uh, ex actors or uh, people who became uh, jaded with their entertainment career or lack thereof, who turned to things like QAnon or you know, said fuck it, I'm going to create my my own community.
3: Yeah, I would say you know, overall, I thought that was always stra- so strange for me. It's like, what the hell is the common thread through all of these bizarre, desperate, uh, disparate? Uh, belief systems and i think it's just a way to offer you know an alternative sort of uh, i guess culture and like every aspect like if you want like your alternative ver- your alternative to politics is q and your alternative to i guess spirituality is this weird uh 5d starseed stuff and your alternative to uh the- our financial system is the weird crypto stuff and it's just providing people a way to uh i guess check out from uh, from from general culture that they that they live in in every aspect, like health and money and spirituality and politics.
2: Everyone wants to live in a parallel dimension at this point. Thanks for listening to
1: another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every single week. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. For everything else, there's the website qanonanonymous.com listener until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you.
8: It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now
4: today's auto cue.
8: Hey,
10: Julian, super psycho chicken of cyberspace. We're here in Sedona, Arizona. That's man, right, with your man Jake. That's right,
1: dude. I'm gonna transform my life. Ripped at 50. I'm 38. I got some time to get it into it.
10: It's gonna happen. Hey, God bless you, Julian. Stay strong, baby.
11: Blood runs through bloodlines that harvest blood like blood drives. The floodgates got opened up. That hush money couldn't keep them quiet. All the blood diamonds in Africa couldn't halt the plague. They spread AIDS, made money off the medicine, provided aid, helped dig the grave. Ask the 13 what they drink when they thirsty. Thinker than the well fluoridated, water worthy. A discussion cause the accusations are unnerving, sacrificial, virgin plasma, innocent and undeserving of the torturous vultures that control the debt, control the Fed. They know that a mockingbird will only say what has been said, so they orchestrate a narrative, coordinate with media, know that it's imperative, the masses all believe in them. Between the lines, deceits with the eyes, elites with a slice, 300 piece pie, grease on the spot, got guns, got spies, unleash the whole flock, CIA alibi. See on your block, question their crimes, might like you up, never in die, censor your speech, strip you of rights, iron you out, a wrinkle in time, Twinkle in eyes, why with surprise, stand with the tears, never will dry, falling from grace, a piece of the sky, fell on her face, an angel arrived, depending who wins, few will survive, dueling with demons, death is designed, all in a plan, all in due time, under the moon, it grew on a vine, not to be shrewd, the mood wasn't right, not to be rude, you ain't having my life, Scheme mask with a flashlight, get the bands right, hit the hash pipe, in a battle for our minds, dark versus light. Send me the link, I am the plug Walk from the dark, lighten you up Earth is abundant, kindness and love Drink from a breast, weather the flood Drink from a breast, weather the flood Send me the link, I am the one Blood made of water, trees for my lungs Peace to the world, life for the young Move from the dark, light when it's done Lighten the dark, light when it's done This is not a game, martial law, mother.